0: Hey guys, before you get started on this episode, I just want to let you know that if you head on over to patreon.com backslash daydrinkingwithdougie, I have early access to episodes starting at the $5 tier. The tiers go from $5 all the way up to $50 per month. It's going to give you early access to episodes, like I said, behind the scenes um, content, merch coming in the future. If you go up to the $50 tier once a month, I'm going to do a Day Drinking with Dougie where you just... Drink with me. Have a drink with me. Shoot the shit. It could be one on one. Could be a group of people. Who knows? It'll be a blast, though. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're- when uh when we first moved here to Wichita I guess we'd probably been here about a year or so and uh our our cable was acting up. So I called I called Cox and was like, Hey, our cable's fucked up, you know, it's not working and then they start running through the thing, like, Did you make sure all the connections were good? I'm like, I'm not a fucking idiot, of course I did. And I didn't. I just knew that it wasn't undone. And then they send the technician out and they're like, Oh, it's unscrewed. I'm like, how? I didn't fuck with it. And they're like, well, you live in an apartment and all the all the vibrations will just slowly back those cords out. I was like, what? You're talking about magic, is what you're talking about. <laughs> this doesn't exist
1: on our on our human plane. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take up some kind of fucking
1: warlock. Speaking of which, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about digging to the center of the earth and they said, uh, what, what was it like when you got to the middle of the earth? And he goes, there's a lot of
0: hobbits and wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could see that. Oh, that's what I was gonna tell you when you were talking about your uh, your mower and stuff. Yeah, a few years ago, my my grandpa was having a problem where um, his belt broke on his mower deck, and so he was trying to he was trying to get the new belt put on and everything, and he was looking at the diagram of how to because you got to loop it around pulleys and you know all that good stuff, and so he's looking at the diagram on how to do it, and he's laying underneath the mower. He's got the mower up on jacks and everything. He's looking at how to do it, and two days later, he still didn't have it figured out. And I go over there to visit him, to help him, and all that good stuff. And he goes, well, I got the mower figured out. I said, well, what was wrong with it? He goes, the diagram was a top-down view. I was bottom looking up, and he was putting it on backwards the entire time. <laughs> That's no. brilliant. Can you imagine any kind of assembly process doing that, looking from the top down, and you're underneath it? The thing is, he was like an engineer in road construction for like, like two decades. That's the thing. It's always the smartest people who do that. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, I I still don't let him live that down. I know somebody. I don't, smart. I don't let him live that down the same way I don't let my grandma live down the time she tried to put chips in the refrigerator because she was a, <laughs> she was mid sentence and she just didn't know what she was doing.
1: <laughs> what did I almost put in the? I almost did the other day because I was uh, taking care of one of the boys, and then uh, Madeline asked me to do something, and I, I don't remember what I I almost put. It was like. It was a book or something I was put in the fridge because I was just like, it's talking. like, Oh
0: yeah, this totally goes here. Yeah.
1: Well it's a cookbook and I was like putting something back in the kitchen. I was helping her clean oh. up and I just did that thing where like you're talking and you're not thinking about what your hands are doing at all. Yeah. And I caught myself yep. before I did it, but I opened the door and looked at myself like you looked at my hand. It was like, what is, wh- who yeah. Well, if
0: I had to choose a secondary location for a cookbook, it would be the refrigerator. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Be Gotta keep honest. it cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I'm sure at some point, I'm going to use everything that we've just been saying. So today on the podcast, we have David Roger, a friend of mine who started another podcast um, with me and some other friends reviewing another podcast, a very obscure thing that about a dozen people on the planet would listen to. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks, man. I think we
1: alienated people too during that podcast period. They gradually got to the point which no one wanted to listen
0: to us. Right, yeah, we're getting like one or two reviews, or just people like, "Hey, keep going," and a lot of hate mail. <laughs> you guys fucking quit it.
1: <laughs> it. It was just a lot of messages that just said stop. And people, yeah, <laughs> people would actually put their home addresses and like their social security number. Like, we want you to know who we are. This is how yeah. bad, <laughs> so bad this is. Come find us. Yeah, exactly. We dare you. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I listened to the first episode again today as I was mowing the backyard and. Uh, it was fun just to hear you chatting with a friend catching up talking about video games it's fun stuff
0: dude the the best part about that is him and i hadn't talked in you know since middle school since you know seventh eighth grade and wow you know we yeah we've you know i found him on social media and stuff like that and i was kind of a late bloomer as far as social media went And, and i think six or seven years ago is when i finally bit the bullet and got facebook and stuff like that and uh and i found him and all that and he started doing, you know, making this content of, you know, working out and streaming video games and, you know, all these things that he's always been into. And so I saw him doing, it, I'm like, Oh, look at Morris. Like, that's fucking amazing, man. Like this is such a cool thing that he's doing like putting himself out there and, you know, not only, you know, not giving up but encouraging others to do the same thing. So as it, it only seemed right to have him on and, and just kind of shoot the shit. So everything, all the, you know, be, beginning conversations was like really where the conversation started for that day. <laughs>
1: yeah that's, uh, that's super rad I was thinking about how cool it was to be able to catch up with people and the part that stood out to me the most about that episode I think specifically was talking about how being confined in whatever situation it was if it was your home apartment if it was confined to your small group of friends or your, your family or alone it accelerated but it also put a very focused lens on any kind of relationship or um any kind of commitment that you made as a person yeah you, you you alluded to the fact that it what it did is it highlighted the decisions that you've made you know years ago that now you're having to deal with the decisions you've made forever yeah. it's true i think that um of course this is another podcast where people are talking about COVID, right I mean, that's what the world needs right now but right <laughs> but if anything i think what at least for me and, and not not just for me, because I know that there's a, there are a, quite a few people that probably just don't want to say much because of the connotation or the way in which this whole situation has been handled. Mm-hmm. Much like it sounds like you and your wife had, my family, I mean, we feel very blessed and we
2: thrived.
1: I mean, really, I was, I didn't, I didn't have to travel because I wasn't able to for work. Yeah. And my travel schedule, I mean, a little bit of it was just. It was nuts for a long time, I meaning you know, on the road three to five days a week, gone three plus nights a week. That's hard on a family. And to be home, despite the fact that there were so many challenges that came along with it and it was not easy for anyone, um, I still feel like we have very little to complain about. And I know that in light of people who struggled, I don't have much to complain about anyway, but I still... I'm not grateful for what happened because of the the amount of people who have been hurt by it and I am saddened by the people who are still affected by it and um there are people that I know who are close that contracted covid and died subsequently from it because they had pre-existing yeah. conditions and they just didn't have the you know the immune system to be able to withstand that kind of a hit I it's such a weird thing because it almost had a reset button for so many people right right and oddly enough even if it was put people in a struggle i've seen so many people that went from being okay to really struggling and now are right on the edge of thriving you know really yeah. on the edge of their life being turned over for the better Yeah. and almost all the connections that i have with friends and family or close people they really took a hard look at how they spent their time because they had right. to right
0: yeah yeah it was thrown
1: in your face And sometimes that's the best way to deal with certain things in life. It's a constant process for maturing and growing um, as a person, and also in a relationship with your spouse and Mm -hmm. your wife and my wife. That that bond, if you dug in and worked hard, got so much better. Yeah. And it also brought to light a lot of things that probably weren't at the surface. That I don't know if they would have been dealt with. Definitely not within the same kind of time frame, and. Maybe not in the same kind of way with almost a protected bubble around saying you, we have the opportunity to work through these certain things right now. Yeah. And we might not get afforded that time again.
0: Right. You would almost be a dickhead to not kind of look these problems in the face and be like, hey, you know, we need to we need to figure this out or. You know the the amount of times that my wife and i had talked about like you know we need to you know spend more time just sit on the couch turn the rest of the world off and just watch something on tv Mm -hmm. or whatever the case is and one of the things that my wife and i have done and we tried to do prior to the pandemic and stuff like that but one thing that we that definitely carried over to this day is we take one day a week where we turn off everything and like we don't like physically turn our phones off but we're not picking them up every two or three seconds to look to see like who's texting or, or whatever. If you text me at seven a.m., I might get back to you Sunday. I might not. But every Sunday we wake up, we you know drink coffee, eat breakfast, and we turn on Netflix or Hulu or you know whatever, and we just binge watch it all day long. You know we you know all the lights in the house are off. It's just a chill day where we can just kind of regroup and just kind of recenter and just bring everything back to to zero. You know.
1: Yeah. Um, that's really wonderful. We've we've done that a lot better. And there's times where it's um, easier to do than not easier to do. But um, I, Madeline and I were laughing last night because she said, "I think you, I think you think your body doesn't need as much rest as it does." Right. <laughs> I've lived under that kind of illusion that I can get away sometimes with minimal sleep, and for me, it always comes back to not placing a value on sleep but it's not so much asleep, sleep. It's, I haven't been good about putting a value on resting. Yeah. And I don't mean sleeping in until 1 PM because that's where my brain automatically goes with it. I mean, putting a value on truly resting, taking a break from things to recoup. Mm-hmm
0: and yeah it, it doesn't need to be especially just kind of every day it doesn't need to be one chore to the next or coming home from work and oh i gotta clean the gutters or mow the mow the lawn or whatever you, you know pump the brakes for 45 minutes and you know relax you know play on your phone or you know something something ridiculous like that and then get after the the rest of the chores because they're not going nowhere
1: no they're not and we've we've been made so aware with having two kids during this time and one of our sons being born shortly after everything got shut down was that we're very fortunate to have the opportunity to stop and pause and think and we don't have to rely on two sources of income which is also a really I mean really we're very we feel very fortunate to do that now it's a lot of hard work at times but um, anyway getting back to the rest aspect of it having everything slow down for a second to where then we could really consider do we need to dive in head first and take on more or should we really kind of see if we can pare down and it was a good mixture of both that was what are we not doing that we need to be doing and what are we doing that we definitely don't need to be doing that we can take off our plate and change so that was really cool um part of that too was um i think we because of the amount of stress and stuff we've really dug into laughing a lot more together which has been really fun just trying to find opportunities just to Be dumb and laugh.
0: That's so important. (laughs) It's so important because a lot of times when you're just laughing together, not only are you two like finding common ground in something, but sometimes, at least for me and my wife, like a lot of the times, like we're just making fun of something stupid that I just did or something stupid that I said, or a look that I had of somebody in public or something like that. You know what I mean? And we've been married, you know, we just celebrated our our 12 year anniversary. this Congrats. Thank you and now it's gotten to a point where we're in public and i'll see something i'll look at my wife and then she'll look the direction that i was just looking and we just kind of like shoot each other a look like ah we'll talk about this later you know but it's those times where you know it does kind of you know give you that endorphin boost and in all that it, it just kind of brings you closer together while also being vulnerable in that moment to make fun of yourself or um, being comfortable enough to make fun of one another
1: yeah it's uh that's people don't talk about that stuff enough right people don't talk about how you know, if, if you go beyond the myth or the, the uh, I don't know what the right word would be for it, but this notion that it's 50-50, it's not. It's 100% and then you have to put in more. And because at some point there's gonna be slack on one end, right? And I'm very fortunate because my wife puts in all the effort all the time. And when she doesn't, it's like, it stands out because it's not normal. And so it's it's very easy for me then to have a direct signal like, oh, I need to make sure that I then put in a little extra effort and step up. And uh, this the past year and a half, I think has been the most difficult and also the best time for us to be able to have that reset, pause, change stuff. So the, the dumb laughing thing, Madel and I were talking about how I can try so hard to make her laugh and put in all this effort and do something. And it's 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 almost like a
2: hey, this is kind of funny
1: and then I'll do something just that I think is maybe kind of funny but I'm just being dumb and you know the way that we've messaged back on discord someone says something stupid and then the first thing that pops in her brain we're just running with stream of consciousness nonsense you know and I'll do something like that and she'll be in tears laughing and it's the like weirdest most rewarding and frustrating thing it's like I made my wife laugh, which is what I live to do honestly with her, right? That's like what I want to do the most is just make her laugh and be silly with her. And I can put all this work and the fruits like nonsensical, it's like non-existent rather. But then I'll, like I said, just say something just off the cuff dumb that I don't even think is that funny and it'll just catch her, you know, the right moment or whatever. And I can't figure out the algorithm for that. And that bothers me. I can't figure out what's the strategy to make that happen all the time. <laughs>
0: Okay, and we're back. Sorry, everybody, we had some technical difficulties. Um, my mic, yeah, it's horrible. You got to
1: hire a different mic.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know he's a good mic, but you got to
1: find a different guy. He's, he
0: put your staircase on your wall sideways. He he did do that. It, but I asked him to. I asked him. That's to, the. I asked him. I'm mean, gonna do, do out of out
1: of the whole the whole story you told me while we were off mic, um, was right going off on Mike going off on him. Yeah. Um, was the staircase on the wall. It wasn't that he did it, it was that you requested it. That, to me, is the part that's almost upsetting.
0: Yeah, well, I requested it and he put it on the wrong wall. It was a problem. So now I can't get into the bathroom,
1: so. Hmm. I mean, the nice thing is, though, is you can just tell somebody that it was a modern art piece. Can you put a door sure? through oh, a staircase? You- like right through the can middle? You put a door, can you put a door through a staircase? Yeah as two people who have a reasonable understanding of construction, a terrible sense of humor, and aspire to do improv, this is the question facing us, is can you put a door through a staircase? Through a staircase, yep. So in the English language asking the question, can you put a door through a staircase, my immediate thought is, um, I don't remember the movie is, I think it's maybe not another teen movie where the staircase keeps falling apart and people keep falling through the staircase. And so my thought is you, Trying to take a full door inside of a door jam pre-assembled that sells like the ratchet straps around it. Right, right, And chucking it literally through the staircase, trying <laughs> to try and break through the staircase. <laughs> I totally get what you're asking, though. Can you put a door? You could. The cool thing about that would be was it the um was it the Munsters or the Adams family that had the staircase that opened? I'm not sure.
0: It was before my time. You're much, much older than I am. It was so much older. Yeah. yeah. you're Twenty nine. Twenty-nine, so much older. Are you twenty nine? Yeah, Jesus, dude. <laughs> Once I hit twenty nine, I'm just I'm just offing myself. <laughs> so, it's it only seems necessary because wh- where's the quality of life at twenty nine? It falls apart at that point, honestly. Yeah. You start you
1: start you start balding six years prior. Um, yeah, it's just rough. It's real rough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it was kind of shitty. You can't
1: sing You can't sing twenty two by Taylor Swift for seven years, like. I've been thinking about that song for seven years.
0: Have you really? It's a Taylor yeah. Swift song for seven years. Cause <laughs> seven years. Wow, dude. You've got to expand your catalog. I don't know. It's just a good catalog. There's
1: chairs. It's a U line catalog. It has a lot of forklift accessories. Oh, gotcha. Okay.
0: Yeah. So this year I turned 30 years old. And as I was celebrating my 30th birthday, I had COVID. And it was the shittiest.
1: I think I remember experience. you messaging. Yeah. Yeah. We had it. A- back in november
2: Hmm.
1: we we, i think my parents passed it to our dudes little dudes and then we got it and i'll tell you what that was the weirdest sickness i've ever had it's bizarre it was weird yeah like going from his head cold i don't feel good you know um blood sinus pressure and then just for 24 hours in the bed like i don't want to i can't move like i'm literally zapped of
0: energy yeah sweating through my sheets and I've had the man
1: flu before this was way worse than that yeah Yeah. this was like honestly I can't get out of my bed right now if I had to I guess the house on fire maybe I'd be okay but yeah just completely zapped and as someone who runs on and probably borderline illegal amount of caffeine
2: yeah
0: it was upsetting too right to not have any energy (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it and it was so weird like my eyeballs hurt i don't know if you experienced yeah. the same thing but i couldn't like look to the side <laughs> it's a weird something i to had have. i'm
1: trying to remember where the, where the sinus pressure was for me but it was a
0: place i never get it yeah
1: i don't have migraines and i rarely get headaches but i had the most painful throbbing pain it was like right above my eyebrows mm-hmm. like hurt like someone had hit me in the head with a like a club or something just could feel that throbbing pain is horrible. Yeah,
0: sorry about that. And then I got COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was such a such a horrible experience and it, it you know, we were you know, gearing up to celebrate my thirtieth birthday. We were wanting to go to the lakes of the Ozarks and all that. Not to mention my wait, hold up. You were gearing up to go
1: to the Lake of Ozarks. Yeah, yeah. You see, every time I have to go to the Lake of the Ozarks for work, I gear up to get back to my house. Oh, <laughs>
0: Well, see, I li- I live in Wichita, Kansas. So, there's... I live in I live in there's Southern nothing.
1: Illinois. I live in Southern Illinois near St. Louis. There's also nothing. We have corn.
0: Oh, you guys have corn. Lucky.
1: <laughs> you guys have you guys have some hills though.
0: Do we? I haven't seen them. Maybe out in Lawrence is hillier. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they were trying to protect that prison out there. Yeah, Lawrence, the hilly guy who lived in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was... that would be a weird descriptor for a person. It's hilly.
0: <laughs> what do he look like? Uh, look like it's just like rolling hills, sort of. Yeah, like rolling hills.
1: I mean, he was he was like heavy set. No, would you describe rolling hills as heavy set? <laughs> Typically, people would describe them as beautiful or you know breathtaking or difficult. This guy was like amber think...
0: waves of grain. Like if you can was... imagine that, <laughs> amber waves of grain. <laughs> yeah. So so we were gearing up for that and and just you know to get out of Kansas for a little bit and you know we couldn't do that and my my youngest son turned five years old I couldn't even you know do anything with him for his birthday he just had to stand at the end of the hallway and we just kind of waved to each other and was like hey but that was just a normal day and yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) sup dude (laughs) yeah it was so bad man yeah COVID was such a weird thing and now now we've got like this resurgence with the new variant and all that. And I don't even like know how to like navigate this world that we live in now.
1: Yeah. I think one of the, one of the things that I am thankful for though, is it, it highlighted not only the areas in personal relationships, but it also highlighted the way in which we view authority in the world and also um, where we place our values and trust in anyone. Right, And, the most upsetting thing about that is the people that decided to polarize right where it was you're here or you're here and we're polarized right right I I'm thankful that at least for me it helped me to realize on both fronts just how no matter what it is it's political belief systems whatever there are flaws and people are people yeah and we all should be a lot more grateful for what we have. Yes. And stop demanding so much of others and also stop acting like we're owed things. Yeah. In any any realm in our life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're we're not we're not owed anything. And no. we, we work so hard to get the things that we have and, and, you know, whether they be, you know, material things or not, you know, even just putting food in the refrigerator and stuff like that, you know, we work or books. So, yeah. Or, or books in the refrigerator. <laughs> um, we, we work so hard to get the things that we have and then something like this happens and everything comes to a screeching halt and then you have to think like, okay, so where's my food coming from? Cause me personally, I don't grow any food. I like I own a dog and if push comes to shove, I'll make fajitas (laughs) out of her. (laughs) But but I I don't grow any food. I don't have livestock or anything like that, you know? So when these things come to a screeching halt, the way that they did, you, you start wondering like, Oh, how do I feed my family? And on top Mm -hmm. of that, I, I, I had this realization very quickly that I don't even know my neighbor's name. None of them. Yeah. I don't know my neighbors at all. And I was like wondering, like, I couldn't even go next door and be like, "Hey, so do you guys have?" You the, couldn't, the, yeah,
1: because they freak out. Yeah, yeah. like who
0: the fuck are you? <laughs> like I'm that guy that yeah. waves to you every once in a while.
1: I just I looked for certain areas where, um, where I could be of service to people without it being a need to be highlighted. And I'm not going to give examples because that would defeat the whole purpose of what I just said. But I really. We we stopped and looked at what are ways in which that we can be helpful to other people? Are there ways in which we can either bless other people or help out or assist? Because we knew that we were given an opportunity to do that and that we would not just regret it, but feel like we were dismissing the opportunity and kind of the call to step up and do something for other people. And I'm thankful that we were able to do to that and sincerely mean that I mean, that was um, we were blessed to be able to do that. It was not something by our own work. But talking about growing food, it's funny, I think we maybe made a joke about it at some point, but I think we talked about a commune at some point, a joke about us all getting together and hanging out, like living around one another. I think maybe it's you, me, Toby, and we're talking about the dad sleepover thing with Kevin. Uh, When this all happened, we seriously as a family, so my sister and brother-in-law live fairly close, and then my mom and my dad live like 10, 15 minutes from us. And we talked, we've talked about buying property at some point potentially. We seriously talked about looking at buying property and having 20 to 30 acres and then separating out into lots and having like a shared like rec hall almost where we could have big family dinners and stuff. And what's funny is when Madeline and I first got married, we were looking at moving to California or Utah because of my line of work, I would have kind of to advance it, would have had to move out west and now we're talking about could we move to tennessee or missouri and buy a chunk of land and live relatively close but still we have privacy madeline got into gardening and i'll to show you she has this huge garden i mean huge for like our plot of land right now with less than an acre and it's been really cool we've had zucchini and squash so far tomatoes are about to pop up she has tons of basil but that happened to us too is we thought could could this be a thing that we could do? Could we potentially actually feed ourselves? Could we have livestock? Could we have our own fruit and vegetables? Is that something we could potentially do? And it fulfilled my dream of being in a post apocalyptic world where that's the thing where everything's fortified and now we have to grow our own food and there's livestock, you know, in a ten by ten area in the backyard. Yeah. I've got kind of a i've got kind of a i don't know what the right word would be i'm not a big fan of
0: waco texas for a few reasons i don't understand why uh i'm not a big
1: fan of the local government (laughs) no uh i'm not a big fan of federal government i'm not a big fan of what happened in waco and kind of how thats you don't like how see.
0: the how the federal no, government just torched like, an
1: entire village torched an entire village of people and murdered them for no reason i have no i that's not my favorite thing that's happened despite the fact really? that what they did yeah i'm one of those people that uh i think everybody has intrinsic worth and value no matter who they are or what they've done whoa this so is even the, left field dude so even the people that did even the people that did that to those people, I still don't think that their life is worth any less, but I'm not a big fan of what they did. And so people are talking about Waco, like, oh, it's so cool. Chip and Joander are down there. And it's like, also the ATF torched this. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh Day Davidians, right? Southern branch Davidians, is that what it was? Yeah, that's not not a big fan. It was a great series though. It was a great docu-series, that docu-drama that they did.
0: On, on, on Netflix now?
1: Yeah, it was engaging. I i haven't watched it yet is it actually good it is really good and uh it's interesting because it does paint it almost like you can watch it inside with either side but it does kind of paint it as there are two parts to what happened Mm -hmm. the the best part about is those they you cannot deny what they did right right like on either side yeah so and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's mixed in it. that's not factual or kind of thrown out of place. So anyway, do you think we'd talk about Waco?
0: Yeah. No, I totally had this did planned. You, did you plant, plant Waco? You're like, I'm going to bring up Waco. The past half hour was geared towards <laughs> just getting to this topic. So we, we talked about COVID, sleeping patterns, COVID, Waco. And that's really, I could show you my notebook. That's how I had it planned.
1: Uh, there's a web series that I've loved since I was... I don't know early teens um, when podcasts before they had videos where it was or like before it was audio where it's just video you know like snippets where they would take things from before YouTube was as big as it was and college right, humor right. used to do a lot well there's one called Jake and Amir and there are these things that that Amir does uh, that are scroll episodes where he pulls out a scroll like two dudes in an office pulls out a scroll it's set up uh-huh. kind of like this where we would be facing one another in an office and he just starts listing off these things that don't make any sense there's always a rhyme or there's a pattern to the way in which he's speaking, a certain cadence. And at one point, he goes, there's no way you could have known that this was going to happen. And he flips the scroll around, and there's only one number written with the phrase, and it like had this exact phrase he just said. And he'd be like, if I you you knew that I would have this perspective on Wake, like, there's no way. He's like,
0: You're a wizard. You're a warlock. Yeah, I totally had this plan. Now, on top of that, are, are you a conspiracy guy at all? Um, As in, do I believe in them or do I like them? Do
1: you acknowledge the existence? Of conspiracy theories? Yeah. I uh, completely acknowledge the existence of conspiracy theories and that there is some validity in almost all of them. Now, I didn't say that they're valid, but there is some validity in a lot of what they say. I'm going to say
0: that you said that they're valid. And I'm going to go on record right now. This is going on Patreon. That all of them are? Yeah. Quote, David Roger says, all conspiracy theories are true and valid.
1: Sure. Okay. And then there's a big there's a big asterisk at the end of that that says, also, they might not be valid <laughs> As long as there's an asterisk, it makes sense. <laughs> the and or. Um, a guy who I used to work with in the company uh, worked in a different state. We saw one another three or four times a year at meetings. He would always come up to me and tell me about some conspiracy theory. And it wasn't one that he believed in. He just loved to follow him. But he was the kind of guy that this was his jam. Oh, right, right. Like, he would study it yeah. deeply with intent. The way that I do with things that matter, not at all. <laughs> or things that matter a lot. I do both of them. Yeah. Um, general knowledge, like whatever. But things that are really niche for whatever reasons where I latch on to. And I want to know all about it. But, yes, I absolutely love conspiracy theories. And, um, like I said, I think that there is some validity in a lot of them. And it's not because... I don't know enough. It's because I do know enough to know that a lot of that stuff could definitely be possible. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of it where I go, come on, guys. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Come on, that's totally real. Why are you acting like this conspiracy theory? That's totally happening. (laughs) Yeah. I think if it wasn't for, like, the Gulf of Tonkin incident or the NSA, like, collecting our data, if those two things wouldn't have, like, surfaced, then I think most conspiracy theories would just kind of be thrown out the window, just kind of poo-pooed. But now you know since those things have have come out or even like operation redwood i think is what it was called which was kind of like the predecessor to 9-11 but like 40 years before or whatever you know then you're just kind of like eh, well this is kind of fucking weird dude so it's like if i said I, I might punch you in the back of the head and then you turn around and somebody punches you in the back of the head and you turn around like it, it wasn't me and you're like but you just said that you were gonna do something of the sort I'm like yeah, i might be lying then
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I, uh the thing that,
1: and I don't know if it's, I think there was a time in my life at which I realized that there are so many things that happen in our world that we don't know. And I don't mean extraterrestrial, out- otherworldly, I mean literally things we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what is happening in our neighbor's house most of the time, mm-hmm. right? And if that doesn't wake you up to people who have capabilities and abilities and resources far above our imagination. Yeah. Think about the stuff that we don't know and the idea that ignorance is bliss really should have been highlighted the last year and a half for people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Most definitely. I mean, you know, whether or not you want to acknowledge the conspiracy thing, this whole situation isn't right, no matter how you look at it. Something right, no matter, and we don't need to get too far into the weeds about whatever it is, but something isn't right and isn't settled. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think when we talked about the putting trust and faith in things and spending our time, for me it was, I don't want to put my trust and security in government because they've never showcased that they have people's interests at heart. But that's also because I believe that while everybody has intrinsic worth and value, people don't come in inherently just willing to serve and be the best person they possibly can be. Right, right. I mean, we all are so inherently selfish, myself way and above included in that. First and foremost, I'd be the first person to say that. So I'm not casting stones, but if we think that people who purposefully work to get to a certain position, that they have our interests at heart, that's crazy. Like it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If they're thinking about us on an individual level, that's never going to happen. Not only that, but you think about the the nonsense, like people suggesting on every
1: party, that these ideas of rural America or the 1% or whatever people are talking about, they use these terms that you're like, do you even know? Like, I know guys who seriously drive tractors that know more. Than the people who are CEOs for competitors in my line of work. Right, right. Right? I mean, like, they're way smarter. Yeah. And I just mean on every level, like financially. I know multi million dollar farmers in Southern Illinois. Yeah. When I first found out, like, how much that costs and how much goes into that, I thought, why isn't everybody going into farming?
0: Right. (laughs) It's just dumb. Yeah. All you need is a little land and you just drive a tractor around and you just make a bunch of money. Does everybody know how much a combine harvester costs? <laughs> I mean, realistically, do people know that? Yeah, they're they're crazy expensive, and they're you're dropping like half a million dollars on that. Yeah, because now you can get the ones that have like the GPS capabilities, where you don't even have to sit in the combine; you could just kind of type in your coordinates, and it just kind of does its own thing. Yep. That's, yeah, it's cr- that's that price is astronomical. When I went to, I'm not exaggerating. Let's
1: just look up. Let's just find out how much a combine harvester is. Much like uh, previous guests mentioned that we have the internet in our hand let's look and see let's look at pricing for combine harvesters
0: i think it, okay, i think it's like, kind of crazy that i've had two guests in a row that had access to internet just it's a crazy thing oh they're
1: not even going to list their price you have to request a quote come on
0: okay request it i have time yeah
1: yeah so uh most up to date was january 10th how much is a brand new combine harvester it can be expensive if you're buying new. In fact, a new one may set you back typically between three hundred and thirty thousand and five hundred thousand dollars. But a used combine, here's the crazy part. This is this is also why I love the internet. You know me enough to know like I love absurd things and I love weird juxtapositions. Right. But a used combine may only cost between five thousand nine hundred dollars and four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> It's like getting on CarMax or Zillow and pushing in like your range. Like I'm willing to spend $6,000 the minimum
0: because I'm above other people. Yeah. And I also want to see what I could never imagine to afford. Were they, used combine prices are a lot like the housing market right now. You could spend six grand or $450,000. Yeah, it, but it'd be the same house. It just kind of depends on when it went in the market and how many people are bidding on it. The nice thing is though is typically like market value for a used combine is right around
1: uh $122,000. So, if you're not getting in the market, I mean, it's
0: pretty it's pretty affordable. We could split the mortgage on that. Yeah. I mean, when we move down to Waco, we can go have these on a new or a, a new used combine and we could be set, dude.
1: I was trying to think of a farming pun with Waco, and uh, I think I just was—my brain was trying too hard to come up with what we could call it. So I bet it would have been fire, whatever you came up like, with. Yeah, would have been burning. <laughs> it also would have been loud and obnoxious. Like what?
0: Like the ATF did, where they blasted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, oh,
0: but what? What led me to that? Did you see the video of Timothy McVeigh? Outside of like the the Waco situation where they had like the the um the media was set up like at a roadblock down down the road or whatever, and Timothy McVeigh is sitting on like the hood of a car or the trunk of a car. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. You know Timothy McVeigh? I don't think I do. It's not ringing a bell. For uh, me Oklahoma City bomber. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he was at the Waco thing, and everybody was saying that um, Timothy McVeigh was like a um, some sort of like federal agent because he did time in the military, he has a very weird, sketchy past, and everything. And they were saying that he was just kind of, um, oh, what's the, what's the thing that you call when a sleeper cell? He was like a sleeper cell. He was like a trained sleeper. cell. I have cell. two of those. I'm gonna get them removed soon. You got to. You, the thing is, you gotta get them really, really cold. You gotta freeze them off. Yeah, the doctor was like,
1: your white blood cells is like it's 2021. What's, yeah. uh
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has insurance now. You gotta, you gotta get on that thing, because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if they're benign or not. That's the no, thing. No, I. Yeah.
1: I ate a benign chocolate bar the other day. It wasn't very good.
0: <laughs> <What is that? laughs>
1: people use benign or malignant to refer to tumors and bad things in their body, but people don't understand what benign means. It means gentle and kindly. Really? Yeah. In medical terms, it means not harmful or no effect.
0: I was going to say, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider a tumor like gentle or anything like exactly. that. So I ate this super gentle chocolate bar the other day. It was
1: kindly. <laughs> I've got this gentle tumor that's <laughs> a kindly
0: tumor it's not very aggressive it's so, samuel the kindly tumor <laughs> so david what do you do for fun i do a lot of different things
1: um that's the i i try to find like joy and laughter in almost everything that i do um yeah. but i i also like a lot of different things very eclectic so um recent recently is in like the last few years uh since we've my dad and I built our house that um, for my family woodworking really took off for me so I really love woodworking Um, like building furniture and construction stuff so I like that a lot Uh, I've been a a cyclist for a long time like I used to be really into it because I used to work in the cycling industry like riding bikes oh Um, I thought you were talking about steroids yeah that would be dope but you know (laughs) I mean look at how I'm built (laughs) yeah five foot six
0: four hundred forty pounds (laughs) you're taking up the whole width of the zoom call right now it's just you're on my my screen somehow
1: my neck is the zoom screen just like my chin and my neck (laughs) i had to show my gains man um so like i like riding my bike uh it's funny because i used to take it so much more seriously and then i matured and realized it's just a bike it's awesome um you know road road cycling i was in a cyclocross like gravel and then off-road racing too um I play guitar and piano. Um, oh, nice! Guitar a lot more regularly, and then I, uh, I like outdoor stuff. So, I like doing stuff outdoors. Um, I like fishing. draw. I recently actually decided that I think I might get into fishing. I never mm-hmm. really enjoyed it too much growing up. I had a friend who lived on a lake uh, yeah. about a half hour from here, and we'd go fishing every now and then. But it was like the thing that he did, so mm-hmm. I just enjoyed. We did a lot of other stuff together, but I enjoyed. Doing that with him i don't know if i would have gone fishing right, right. and i think it was probably because wasn't it my dad was into so it just never became oh, part gotcha. of like a thing we did growing up yeah. but my my mom's dad just recently really got into fly fishing in the last couple of years Oh, okay. and we actually were planning on trying to do a trip with my my cousin my younger brother and myself trying to go do a fly fishing trip with my grandpa and uh then you know the world decided to eat bats or whatever happened. And so then we could yeah. travel because people were not doing their jobs. So that um, I want to, I, I've done a couple of fly tyings. I think it'd be really, really fun. Um, in fact, I actually built like some fly boxes out of wood. So like some fly holder boxes out of wood Made some mm. for my grandpa's, so that was fun. Um, I, I like listening to music. Um, I actually really love dancing. Um, not break dancing, so I'm not that ah, fuck. I know, but I do I do break things on the dance floor. Um, typically, people's expectations.
0: <laughs> That's all that matters:
1: breaking hearts, splitting seams, uh, relationships between people, not my pants. And uh, <laughs> no, I like I look forward to every wedding for that. Like if they don't have music, we went to a, a wedding that didn't have dancing, and really, I. I I have like this deep unbridled anger inside of me at times that just can't, it can't get out. And that happened. And when I tell you like I was, it took everything in my body to not ask somebody at the wedding. What is wrong with you people?
0: Yeah. Like, were you close to these people? Yeah.
1: That's the problem. Like you can't, are you you close now? Yes. But I mean, like not the wedding people split ties after weddings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when they make horrible decisions like that the problem for men's warehouse is all those split ties are not available for resale so you don't yeah. get your security deposit back on the split ties totally makes sense what kind of um, like as far as like cycling goes i'm so ignorant when it comes to cycling like what's like what's your aim if it's not a, a race are you just going out and are you going distance time like just whatever feels right like what are you doing yeah there's there's so many different lanes sorry
1: that was not a pun intended but there are different um everything i'm awake would be a path of direction so it would be related to cycling so i apologize i not meant to be you know super <laughs> you're gonna take so many different paths or trails and cycling <laughs> stay in your lane um the with with riding bikes there's so many different degrees like, there's people who you know ride fixies in the city and it's kind of a lifestyle component to it or it might be a necessity to get around and that just happens to be one of the most practical ways to do it there are people who just do it strictly for leisure go out and they don't even care how far they really ride or what their pace is, they're just out to enjoy it. Right. Um, there are people who live, breathe and die by cycling, literally, I mean, they're professional cyclists. I'm, I'm kind of in the, I have enough experience to know where it starts to have a negative effect in your life if it's not a profession, where it becomes more than like an enjoyment or hobby, it becomes an obsession and it's not, it's such a selfish sport because it can be so time consuming And it can be also crazy expensive, like all hobbies, but it can really eat away all of your time. And because it's fitness, much like working out, there's a sense of vanity to it, but there's also this drive because it is kind of addicting. You get out and you do it, and it's like, I wanna do it more, I wanna do it more, I really wanna keep up with it, which is good because your body needs that kind of discipline. You need to beat your body into submission, sometimes literally, to break down, like you were talking about with attitudes or moods. And it's good for us to have that sense of discipline. if someone was trying to get into it i would recommend never forget that you're riding a bicycle
2: right. it's a bike
1: <laughs> i mean you know like you can it becomes this like it's my bike it's my thing like, i'm a cyclist i ride bikes and it takes over and it's not good because the returns on investment are completely they're just they they're so fleeting i mean realistically you yeah. might be in good physical shape but unfortunately it's you're healthy, I guess, but you can also be very unhealthy and also spend all your time riding bikes.
0: Oh, right, you're right, right.
1: You know, like there's always people in different sports that do like actual drugs like Coke or heroin. And, and there's definitely like a, a division of people who are semi-pro or pro-am cyclists mm-hmm. that do that because they can't make any money. And unfortunately, like they'll do weird things to make money and then that's where you get drug habits and stuff or you're trying to literally eat yeah. and your way to make money that weekend is to race your bike and to put it all on the line and you crash and now you're in the ER for three or four days and now you're racked with the hospital bill because you don't have insurance because you work for a bike shop that doesn't afford that you know like there's <laughs> it's a very weird world but um, if someone wanted to get into it enjoy it you can um, it's gonna be a, a fairly heavy investment up front otherwise you're gonna always be chasing problems with the bike just nature of things it's like going out and buying a cheap car or really anything you know, yeah. once you get into a hobby, you're going to notice things. Um, it's There's so many different types of riding, too. You can mountain bike. You could ride gravel. Like, in Kansas, specifically, there's a lot of road riding and a lot of gravel riding. And right. you guys have um, the Dirty Kanza ride in Lawrence, Kansas. Okay. It's, like, the one of the biggest gravel races in the United States. Um, oh, really? Like, it's I huge. No it's super cool. And it for a long time, was on one of my checklists. And then I don't remember when it was really probably when I had to do a hard reset for a few things in life but I thought is riding my bike in a race and literally it's just to check it off a box to say that I did it and unfortunately like even people you know competing like Ironman triathlons and stuff like I get it it's super cool to say you've done it but that's for you You know, and that's not necessarily a bad (laughs) thing. Yeah. But it's like the people who put their marathon stickers on the back of their window and stuff.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: It's like, it's cool. And I guess if you're trying to subscribe to that tribal mentality or community, but like that's for you. And that's great that you did it, but you ran, you swam, and you rode your bike. Right. (laughs) And I guess for me, there are things that I place value on that's not that important, Mm. right? And everybody has those things where it's really fleeting or it's really, really important to me. And I probably need to, to take better check of that to see if I'm in line or out of line with how much time and money or thoughts I invest into that thing. But physical fitness can be insane. Now, on the flip side, I think there's way too much acceptance of people who just don't take care of themselves
0: too. Right, yeah, most definitely, yeah.
1: Um, but I also, and I think you share the same mentality, not just for our personal wellness, but for the sake of our families, there needs to be a way to do that where we're not, it's not then having a negative effect on them. I know so many guys who they're in great shape and ride their bike and their family is suffering because of it. Like, yeah. you know, their wife might feel defeated because he's his pursuit is to get in great shape, but he's not spending any time trying to curate and protect and guard her time to be able to get in shape or do whatever it is that she wants to do. And yeah. you're not even get in shape. Sometimes it's just be active and healthy. Yeah, yeah. Like just going for a walk, right? You know, like yeah. there's not necessarily an ideal weight class for people or whatever, but if you're eating well, you're taking proper rest, you're doing whatever work it is you need to do, you're setting some time for whatever kind of mental exercise or health activity you need, and then you're getting some sort of physical discipline. That's essential. And so, I get, sorry, it's such a loaded question, I guess, but um, it's such a big, like it's it's such a like Coke bottle thing, like it's riding your bike and then you open it up and you see this huge world that can exist for riding your bike. But if you forget right, right. that it stems from riding a bike.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you, you can kind of inflate your world with, with any hobby or any interest that you have, you can kind of inflate it to make it anything that, that you want, you know, and you can try to justify it with, with anything. I kind of had the same thing with um, playing basketball. Like I mm-hmm. love playing basketball. So that's something that honestly I don't know enough about because
1: soccer was like the only sport I played. So I'd be I'd love to hear more about basketball. Like what's that like getting into a sport like that?
0: Yeah. See, it, and it was always for me. I you know I played on you know teams in school and stuff like that. Not so much high school, but you know middle school and stuff like that. But um, but my thing was always like pickup games. Go to the rec center or you know go to the YMCA or whatever. But it would be. You know, if there was a week where I went three days out of the week, like all of a sudden I've created this addiction for myself, and then I'm going every day, and it would get to the point where my wife was like, "Are, are we just gonna like never spend time, or what's what's the situation here?" And you know, I'm coming home from work and I'm changing clothes to go up to the Y to, to you know play basketball or whatever, and then I'm like, I, "You you know I play basketball." And I'm trying to like convince her, like you know this is what I do, <laughs> you know, and then you know then next thing you know you got to have you know, top-of-the-line basketball and the best shoes and stuff like that to to go play ball it's such a ridiculous thing and then you kind of step away from it and you don't play for a week and you're like Jesus so much of my time was devoted to going and, and hanging out with these guys and playing basketball to get that camaraderie or or that that um, that exercise and stuff like that and that in itself could be addicting just going out and getting that exercise mm-hmm. and especially for me you know getting up and, and getting active isn't always about physical fitness because I, you know, like I was telling Morris, you know, I, I work construction for a living. I'm getting plenty of movement in my everyday life, but coming home and, and like working out, whether it's, you know, going for a run, lifting weights, going for a walk, whatever the case is, I just feel the need to beat myself down just a little bit more because at the end of it, mentally, I, I can cut out all the static, you know, mm-hmm. Some sometimes, you know, those, those depressive moments can kind of start to create some white noise in the back of your head or, or something like that. Things can get overwhelming and just getting out and going for a run can kind of help, um, dial some of those things in and just cut out some of the noise that I may experience. I don't know about other people, but I may be experiencing something in my head that I just need to go for a run or, you know, pick up some heavy things and put them back down. As trivial as it may seem, it kind of helps with that. But if you can't create that balance between doing something active after work And also doing something with your family, your wife, your kids, playing some video games with your kids goes a long fucking way for them. Give them twenty minutes of playing video games, they're like they're on top of the fucking world, you know? Yeah, that's
1: um, I think that's the missing component for a lot of this for men specifically, and I know it translates to women too, but for men specifically, and husbands and and fathers and dads because those are not always the same thing, right? Yeah, you know, you can be a you can be an absentee father but you can also be not be a father and be an excellent dad yeah and i think that those that that's missed as as men we're we're called to to be leaders in our family and sometimes it means like dropping whatever it is that we think is important and doing the hard thing which might be sitting with our family and just enjoying time with them yeah um i think we convince ourselves that i got to do all these things and realistically you got to make sure that they're provided for Make sure that they're taken care of and make sure that they're loved. You know, I mean, and that you're making sure that you're protecting them, right? That's that's really kind of it. And the idea of sacrificing things is often missed in conversations because it's always treat yourself. Do this thing. Well, I'm going to do this thing for me. And I recently had a conversation with a friend where that came up and I thought, wow, I know I think that all the time subconsciously or i'll think it to myself where i needed to do this thing for me or i really want to do xyz and yeah. that that selfish thought takes hold so quickly and i think it would do us all a lot of good especially as men to just stop and go what didn't we do for ourselves today yeah and what did we do for our families especially our little ones um well i shouldn't say especially because if we're husbands i we, there's no offense to every father or dad who might listen to this besides maybe i don't know two dudes that we know i don't know what your audience is at this point (laughs) i'm just happy to chat with you um and that that wasn't a slight sorry that's not what i meant but um whoever listens it's not meant to be a negative thing but your kids are not more important than your spouse right right yeah that really pains me when i hear that conversation um what i mean to say is not to dismiss your children's needs but if you are not fostering and strengthening your relationship with your spouse hopefully at some point your children will move out of the home right. and you'll be left alone with them and if your relationship with your spouse your significant other is not, not just intact but if it is not progressively increasing to a point at which you are more in love with them than when you first met them yeah. and I don't mean like the honeymoon just completely beside yourself I mean have a deep Real, like, actual intimate relationship where you know that person better than anyone does, and you're able to be a help meet, be a protector, provider for them, care for them, and anticipate their needs before they express them. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing that kind of stuff, you probably need to stop doing a few other things in life. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't want to tell people what to do, but that I see that happen so often where. It gets clouded, you know. I I did the same thing too. I was so driven to ride my bike or do whatever it is or projects, and it you're almost running from the hard work by doing something that's physically challenging. Run, and right. And the hard thing sometimes is to is to just like sit in it with them, whatever it is, and just yeah. it it sounds I don't know what the right word is. It sounds like it's kind of a maybe a bloviated thought, but the idea of Dying to yourself, meaning setting aside your wants and needs for the benefit of somebody else Mm -hmm. is just not talked about.
0: Right. Yeah. I heard somebody say this recently. I I can't remember where it was. I'm I'm fairly certain it was a podcast, but um, somebody said that uh, self-care is not selfish. And like, as I was listening to the podcast, I'm pretty sure that's where I heard it. I just kind of stopped for a second. I was like, holy shit. Like, that's, that's true like you do have to take care of yourself and it's not selfish if you do so. If you're able to find that balance in taking care of yourself as well as taking care of your wife and taking care of your kids and stuff like that, you've you've got to factor yourself into that formula because as soon as you stop taking care of yourself, that equation starts to fall apart and what you end up with is like an upside down equation at the end of it. You know, much like you would be with a with a fucked up car loan or something like that, you're just going to start it off in an upside down situation and it's very hard to crawl out of that you
1: know, it is, it absolutely is. I think there's, see, the funny thing is, is like if I were to hear that, what I would say is maybe, but it absolutely is um, like selfish. And I don't mean to, but what I would, what I would think is, is what is promoted as self care right now is me quiet, nobody else around sitting in my bathtub with a glass of wine, ignoring the world, shutting the world off. And here's what I would say. Um, that might be good once a month right. to take an evening after everything else is down and to do that. But if I heard someone say, uh, you don't have to respond to all those emails. You don't have to do it. And I thought, well, if they're talking about work, good luck keeping your job. Right. <laughs> like, yes, there's a balance that has to be struck. And I think that's the part that's missing is if you don't take care of yourself, there will be a point at which you will become so so embittered by not having any time to do anything that's of interest to you or that you desire to do. Yeah, And if you really are truly only giving all of your time, which also I don't know really who that applies to, honestly. I think we're all pretty good at finding what we wanna do or making sure it happens at some point. But if you were truly to be someone who was a selfless individual, which I think is impossible to do as a person, to serve other people, and you never took time to you know, discipline yourself physically, to do something of enjoyment, or brought joy and laughter into your life, yeah. you will become bitter because you'll have forced yourself into this prison of, I'm always gonna be doing something for somebody else. Yeah. And then your me time, when it comes out as like, that selfish monster will be something that's not beneficial to you. It'll be like completely just zoning out, staring at your phone for six hours until, you know, four in the morning or something. Right, right, Like right. just trying to decompress and get that all outside of your head. Yeah. But I would I would agree that there, it's not selfish if it's done in moderation and it's done with a consideration of those who are in your care and you're responsible for. Now yeah. I'll say that if, if you are a single individual, um, you probably have a lot more time to try and help, help care for other people than yourself because you probably have a lot more free time than you willing to <laughs> recognize yeah uh but i i think that the statement could be true for me whatever it is is i don't always latch the worst thing but i think about the ideas that are pushed in society right now and that especially with social media because it's a topic that's brought up so often and it consumes our world that's not real 90 percent of the time it's you're getting the best of whatever it is or you're getting the worst of whatever it is for the same reason it's for accolades it's for affirmation because people have this just deep I think it's it pre-exists people desire to be accepted and loved right right and so they search for it in whatever way they can and else see if self-care is well if you're not being fulfilled in whatever relationships you have in your life um, whether it be work you know intimately with somebody else if it's with your family um, then you need to love yourself yeah. And the problem with that is, is there are a lot of people that need accountability and support that love themselves and are hurting everybody else around them by <laughs> yeah. loving who they are. Yeah. Now, there are also people, though, that um, need to understand that they have intrinsic worth and
2: value. Right.
1: And it's not loving themselves as much as realizing they do have worth and value. And it's not based on who they are, or what they've done and that is something that is lost in conversation too in today's world because we paint this idea that the only way that you can be of worth and value is by achieving a certain level or by someone giving it to you and that is really backwards Um, you know when you start with the idea that all human life is valuable and every single individual has intrinsic worth and value you automatically have to be less selfish because when someone cuts you off in traffic, and your first thought is like, "I want to run this guy off the road and kill him," he <laughs> yeah. like, said, "Well, have you ever had a bad day where you made a poor decision with your vehicle? Right, uh, right. I would venture to say that probably everybody who's ever existed who's driven a vehicle has.
0: Yeah, most definitely.
1: Right. Like you didn't react in a certain way you should have, or you didn't plan your morning accordingly, and now you're in a hurry and you're not being considerate of other people because you're selfish too. Yeah. You know, then then your idea that I'm more important than them, that's right that happens so quickly it happens in our brain yeah um but I, I as men like working out right so striking that balance with basketball what did you do to be able to strike a balance when did you how did you figure out how you can exercise or stay fit and also find a balance for your family
0: if, for me it was more so like um just incorporating the the family in doing that and it was you know my, my wife doesn't you know like playing basketball or anything like that but she likes getting up and getting active and was she hurt by a basketball as a child no, it was as an I threw it at her really hard. Hey, so it was tell as an adult. Me, tell me more about how this basketball makes you feel, doggy. <laughs> yeah. You sounded like Conor McGregor.
1: <laughs> that was supposed to be like a really bad Sigmund Freud, but I sound like Conor McGregor. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> my leg looks like his right now. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what it was. It was just, you know, ask asked my wife to come watch me play and, you know, me and her could play, you know, a game or whatever, play horse or whatever. And it was also taking the kids, especially as they got older and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, my, my older two are 12 and 11. So now when we go up to the park, we all go and we shoot around and stuff like that. So now I can't get so consumed with playing game after game after game. And before I know it, I've been playing basketball for six plus hours, which would be an everyday thing for me. Mm-hmm. Now I look at my kids and I see that they're tired, they're hot, you know, we're playing outside so it it gets it gets warm you know especially here in kansas it's scorching you know like 100
1: degree weather yeah it's so humid
0: 100 plus yeah humidity you're damn near drowning and i look at them and i say you know it seems like you guys want to go so then we just end up leaving and 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 you know we can come back another day in a few days or some days we can go to the park and i won't even bring the basketball we'll just bring chalk and you know play at the playground color with the chalk and stuff like that you know it's just kind of creating a a healthier relationship with going up there because that's one of the few things that i have a very addictive personality with is going and playing basketball because it was such an escape for me as a child that i could just go up to the court and i was accepted on the basketball court you know Mm -hmm. and that's that's really what it was so that carried over into my adult life and it could easily become very unhealthy for me um same thing with with exercise, running and stuff like, I was so obsessed with running. I would run, you know, five, six miles a day, and then every Friday I would do what I called Friday Cry Day, and I'd do ten plus miles every Friday. And then it got to a point where I was like, I don't need to do this every day. I would come home after running, my shins. I got shin splints because I'm running on the on the pavement, you know. And it's like, it's horrible. It's just not. It's not conducive to a healthy relationship. It's you know? not
1: because it becomes. People always paint this identity. You know, like how do you identify? Identify as David, right? right? Like, here's the things I like to do. You ask me, I'm, I I probably have a bunch of other things. Like, I like Legos, but I don't play with Legos right now because I've got you know, two-year-old a two year old and the three sorry a three year old and a one year old. So I'm not plus not, not Legos because I'll choke and I'm gonna die. It's horrible. I don't want that to happen. So I can't enjoy it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's not something we should, we can enjoy together right now. Um, but uh, so much of what people do is like becomes who they are, and like. like the 13.0 sticker on the back of your vehicle. Sorry, step it up, and do a marathon. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. Um, you know, but like, it's cool, but that shouldn't be your identity, right? right. Yeah. You can literally look at, at the clothing people wear or their vehicles and pretty quickly tell what it is that they want to identify with, whatever yeah. it might be. And I, I don't think it was necessarily related to having to put life on pause and reconsider everything but as i've gotten older and matured, I realize i don't really want to i don't really want to prescribe the same kinds of things you know it's not like i want to be outside i want to have a tight knit group community i want to have people that i truly know and love and care about and vice versa starting with my family um but like that stuff is i i mean i gave up like road riding for like two years roughly just yeah. because time schedule and resources and having kids and stuff it just it didn't make sense yeah. i realized a big part was um my wife asking me to not and part of me was i struggled with that first and I realized like, how selfish of of me is it to say like that's so important to me i can't give that up right, right. you know there should be very few things besides like providing for them You know, if she were to ask me, like, I need you to stop taking care of us. No, I'm not going to do that. That's not. Yeah, has out of the question. (laughs) That's not part of this. Right. Yeah. But really also, what do I have in life that wouldn't be willing to give up? Because how much is that important besides my family? Right. And when it all comes down to it, it boils down. So if your identity is so closely tied with, like, if you look at social media posting and people's, like, uh, runner, uh, basketball program, whatever it is, that's what they place their highest worth and value in yeah um that it speaks to i think people's need and longing to be accepted and loved
2: right
0: yeah
1: they just want to belong even the people that don't they still want to belong
0: because you want to belong to the people who don't belong to the main group right right yeah and and that's what i was saying you know when when i step on a basketball court you know people people knew me and i was accepted i was accepted as you know a basketball player or you know whatever the case was and And when I really realized that, you know, I had an issue with like, um, you know, being out of the house and playing basketball or being active or whatever, was when I looked back on my reaction to when my wife was like, are you going to play basketball again? I'm like, yes, you know, I do this every day. And then like going, you know, of course, I left that day to go to the Y to play basketball. And then as soon as you step on the court, you're like, wait, what kind of dick am I to where she's like you know damn near begging me like can you not do this today and I'm like well I'm gonna do this because this is what I do every day now I've created this kind of cycle of you know playing basketball after work or whatever the case is and she's tired you know at that time we had um our our third son was just born so it was newborn and all that and she's tired and and all that and and you know I'm going up to play basketball when she could use a nap (laughs) you know
1: yeah it's it's amazing how quickly we become we put our blinders on to what's around us and the sad thing is is it's not always with malicious intent like you didn't wake up going i'm gonna play basketball and neglect my family this afternoon right right that's not exactly (laughs) it was like this is just part of my routine and that's what i do and because we're all creatures of habit it's really important i think especially as men just talking as as a man as men to establish routines that are healthy for our family's benefit, right. you know, do things that are that are mutually beneficial. I, because our boys are so little still, some of the physical activities are hard, and that's been hard for me because I am not a settled person. I have to sit on my computer quite a bit, or I'm in my car when I work, um, and that's difficult for me to not have a lot of physical activity. I grew up always doing that, right. and I've enjoyed that. And if I could, if I could provide in the same way they do right now by moving heavy things around or by laying concrete or working on an orchard again, or working in a greenhouse, whatever it would be. Yeah. But in the past, I would in a heartbeat. Uh, but I've, anyway, we've been afforded this opportunity and it, the benefits for our family are just beyond. So the there needs to be a, a way in which when you start to get into something, someone goes, hey, this <laughs> yeah. isn't that important. Yeah. It's really great and you should love it because it's really great to have things that you're passionate about to be able to share with other people yeah because there does need to be activities or even subjects you can talk about like conspiracy theories yeah right i don't think about them that often but there's something inside of me that just makes me like i'm smiling just just like the idea there's something that brings joy to me about the idea that there are people who wear aluminum foil hats like i know it's (laughs) it's it's sad because i also then my brain goes I really like i hurt and ache for those people because they are either you're suffering or they are so self-deluded at this point and they don't have a connection with another human being that will tell them in a way or people don't love them enough to be able to stop and go hey we yeah i love you we can't you can't do this anymore like this isn't yeah. good for you yeah but then we, i think like there's guys who have ham like a room full of ham radios like i want to meet that guy right <laughs> i i did i tell you i think i told you about the guy in the amtrak right i don't know so i went up to chicago one time to see a friend uh one of my best friends at the time and it was like it's like an eight hour ride up to chicago because the amtrak goes so slow so and then of course it's delayed at every single stop and doesn't show up when it's supposed to I I'm on the train for 20-30 minutes and a guy walks up to me I'm in line for the bathroom and he goes hey what's your name and I thought this was seven years ago six six seven years ago right right Um. so this wasn't like I was really young and it would have been way awkward but it was still awkward and this dude's like older than I am looks like my dad's age maybe I was yeah like, uh, David, and like I didn't. I was just like, David, you know, because I'm also one of those people where I can just like, I don't know, go trip and die. Like, what am I supposed to say to you right now? Like, right. I don't know what, like, do you want me to be hateful? Like, I'm not really sure what this response is. And if I ignore you, are you gonna kill me. We're on a train to Chicago. Like, I don't. Right. What's gonna happen here? I'm gonna be part of that calculation at the end of the year where they make up all the deaths that occurred. <laughs> how crime rates are dropping. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the guy then goes. David like King David's strong name and I thought is this guy gonna try and evangelize to me because my dad's a pastor like I've heard it all buddy like I'm I'm well-versed I feel comfortable like I'm, I'm good I know where I'm at right now yeah yeah. you know not like I don't buy what you're selling but I feel pretty good maybe we go toe-to-toe on this thing you know <laughs> it turns out like the guy was bipolar so for the next five plus hours he oh, would catch no. me in situations where I was like li- quite literally trapped and he would talk to me and then I realized I need to record this like like in yeah. case he kills me I right need have
0: this. <laughs> i need this documented for the news i think i
1: emailed it to you and kevin and toby maybe but i have i have the recording of that there's two of them from two of the moments oh and no like, way they're like two plus hours long oh, each of them wow. and he he uh he was talking to me he walked by one time he said and I'm mess. I the the way the guy to to Like, and I'm messing them all up. Dave, doing it, man. They're not going to be able to catch me. Oh, like my Jesus. wife, my, my ex-wife. She she's the son. See, she's like the queen of diamonds. And I I was like, what? Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. This yeah. is incredible. You're a crazy person. And I have a lot of mental illness in my family, so this yeah. is great. It's like I'm already prepared for this. Uh, you know, being prepared for such a time as this. So I'm sitting here listening to this guy talk, and I'm. I'm enthralled. Like, it's terrifying and the most incredible thing I've ever had happen at that time with an engaged with another person like that, right? Like, I've never had a conversation like this. Yeah. Where most of the conversation was me going, Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no shit, really. <laughs> sure. Responding because I knew if I present an argument, this goes from this weird him trying to convince me of his just insane self-deluded beliefs and him strangling me like i could agree with him
0: or he could kill me like the violence just turns on so quickly for that the equivalent of that would be like an insect like flying towards the blue light of the bug zapper and it's just like you're so invested in everything that's happening right before boom and then you're dead but the difference would be i guess is like me knowing that if i just
1: if i hover at this distance I never have to touch it I can just appreciate it But the other thing Actually it was more like this It was like A bug Was being held Up to it (laughs) Because And then there was Somebody else Putting their hand Right in front of the bug In the lights Like you can see part of it But there's a group of people Around you Who will
0: definitely Not let him kill you Or (laughs) Will will definitely Tell somebody That he killed you No you were on your way To Chicago They were going to record it And they were going to yell World star in the background can you imagine if like that's that's how it was known? Well, another man
1: from the Midwest was found dead on the Amtrak up to Chicago. Right. Uh, what's that? Hold on a second. It turns out that you can see this footage on World Star. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I'm gonna check this out. Yeah. Oh, this this site
0: slaps. I watch these reels all the time. <laughs> There's just a pile of Davids in the back of the Amtrak. <laughs> so did you keep in touch with this guy afterwards? He gave me his business card, but I never did. But He had a I, business card. What was the business for?
1: So this is the crazy part. Um, here's what I discovered from this, and I stopped looking into it years ago because it became kind of like a hobby and it wasn't healthy. <laughs> I would – I, he, he, without holding a weapon to me, forced me to give him my Facebook. I'm not kidding. Oh, like, wow. corner me to where like I thought, he's going to kill me if I don't. I mean, like, literally. And um, I'm one of those people that uh, I wouldn't flinch. What I would do is I'd bite your nose. Like, I would just, I'd like, all right, I'm going to kill you. Like, I don't, okay, whatever, man. You know, if it's me or you, it's going to be me. Yeah. Um, You can go full-blown causeway cannibal on them. Oh, I don't, yeah. That's the other thing about me. I I come across as this, like, goofy kind of reserved person sometimes. But I'll just straight up, I'll kill you. Like, I don't, I'll have no remorse. Yeah, major pain stuff. I remember talking to somebody about that, with, like caring for my family, in my home. It's like, oh, I don't care. I'll I'll eat somebody if I have to. Like, they're not going to get to my family. <laughs> <laughs> I'll live with that darkness so they don't have to. Yeah, you know, like that's. <laughs> that, so 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 we're there. I I followed his Facebook and it was he'd post like every five minutes, and it was always crazy stuff. But then a couple, it was maybe like a year before this guy was had his own marketing firm and would connect businesses with product management teams Was a like very smart guy oh yeah
0: and but also like posting did you see that timothy mcveigh was at waco texas during the he would post things like um they're on to me but the queen of diamonds will never
1: be able to catch me with the sun's rays or something like that where it's like that, that makes songs are these song lyrics are you like a 40 year old guy from Arizona who's still trying to pick up, you know, like 19 year olds, like what world do you live in? Are you thinking like catchy lyrics with your Instagram pictures are cool? Right. (laughs) What is this world? And it turns out like, um, he like had some kind of a, like a break, like a mental break at some point. And no one in his life stopped him. People were encouraging him on these Facebook posts. Like, you know, old people and shouldn't say, you know how like our parents age people will like right. and chat like they don't understand the dynamics like uh right, right, right. One, one of our friends posted a picture of them at hawaii and there was a guy like full costume behind them wearing this like black face paint and like you know making a face on purpose and someone commented did you guys right. know there was a scary guy in your background with the picture like legitimately it was like a goof <laughs> for me I, I rather like that's the funniest thing like if if one of us had come up with that comment like that's hysterical right like, like a boomer yep. level thing but it right. was like how out of how out of touch with reality are you right now that's the kind of comments this guy was getting like uh keep up the jesus you know keep up the poster keep up the hard work whatever and then i found out there's like a co-conspirator with this
0: guy both who were bipolar and they like had this whole thing going oh wow yeah. so they were just feeding off of each other and it was just elevating and <laughs> Oh my god! And as someone who wanted to go into child psychiatry to help people
1: from ever getting to this point, I couldn't stop eating it up for like six months. I was like, this is, I need this in my life, even though I really shouldn't need this in my life.
0: Right. Exactly. So did you end up like unfriending him or?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I did. I ended up unfriending him. And I think, um, i sure what I did. Like I, I alerted somebody, like there was a mutual connection or something. I alerted somebody because his, um, firm was in St. Louis, so it was pretty close to like where I lived. And right. I alerted somebody's working It's like I don't know if you guys know this is going on, but this person in your company, people really need to be aware and, and try and get him some help. But there yeah. was like yeah. there's yeah. a stint where I, that's I think also where I forgot because social media. It's like these are real people, right? You know, yeah, like yeah, it's crazy and it's funny, but it's also really sad.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it, it gets very easy to disconnect a um. Social media profile from the actual physical human being that's Isn't behind that crazy it. crazy to think about that? That we're like that's where we are in our world. It's bizarre. It's bizarre, especially you know I was born in ninety one, so you know going through like I remember when the um, McDonald's. I grew up in Junction City, Kansas. It's like thirty thousand people. It's not too many people, and um and I remember the McDonald's on Sixth Street, which was like the main strip, got Wi Fi. And I was like, what is that? I was like, that's insane. So you could just go there and then like the internet connects and you don't have to listen to all the robot noises and stuff. It's like, this is crazy. And now you go from that to, you know, like me and and Morris from episode one, where, you know, used to, you know, connect after school on like Yahoo Messenger and stuff like that. But it was very personal, you know, messages back and forth. And then you got MySpace and then Then I think MySpace helped create that divide where you're like you chose your top eight friends or top five friends or whatever. And then now you've created this social ranking system with people in your life. And then it kind of created that divide between you and some of your other friends or you and some of your family. And then you felt the need to do so just in everyday life to where you felt like you had to place people in separate categories you you mean this to me you mean that to me and then now we've gotten to a point where now we're just looking at profile after profile and none of it means anything as far as connection with another human being goes it's i'm going to post this on my profile if your profile doesn't like it fuck you
1: yeah and there's there's a there are people who have been instrumental in making sure that the calculation or people throw the word algorithm around it's calculating what you like and watching it and yeah. the benefit of that is is you will then you will then see the things that are of an interest and like to your to what you prescribe to um, with your lifestyle or the things that you enjoy looking at viewing, literally subscribing to. The downside of that is then it just feeds the dopamine effect and then you're just getting hit after hit after hit because it's like, oh, you also like this? Well, here's this thing too. Here's also this thing. Right. Um, I'm thankful I was protected, I think, from the MySpace age. Like we're roughly the same age. I was born in 92. Um,
0: right. Which sounds like we should be so much younger than we are despite the fact that we're like I know it's kids. It's it's disrespectful. Time is the most disrespectful thing on the planet, dude. It's never
1: respected me. Um, (laughs) If I'd always met myself a few years ahead or a few years later, it'd be a lot better. Um, I growing up um, in conservative, I I had friends, but I I never really like had a click. I was like one or two close friends, and then high school, I had a, a couple group of friends, but I was always kind of like not in the in crowd. I always felt bad about that, and then I realized. I got older after I got married. I realized that having like one or two really close friends or guys you can talk to, you know, touch base every like six months and you're good. Yeah, like that's more critical than having this big group around you to protect you from whatever it is inside you that you're afraid to acknowledge. Yeah, most definitely. And with MySpace, I didn't have one. Um, I had Zanga, I think, and then I had Facebook when I was like 17, I
0: think is when I got my Facebook. What the fuck is Zanga?
1: Yeah. It's like it was like pre MySpace kind of a thing where you could change your background and post stupid stuff like song lyrics, like everything that we posted, oh, right? Nice. Like teenagers, yeah, stupid stuff, okay. stuff that didn't make any sense. That wasn't even that, like, if we saw it now, we'd probably not just be embarrassed but want to burn like, burn everything we own. I can't believe I existed. No, I'm starting to Zenga as soon as we end this call. We should bring it back. Um, <laughs> that'd be like there'd be people our age who never grew out of that cycle who still think it's cool and relevant you guys don't get it like social media now is just like it's just not as good they just didn't make it the same way like you can get back to where you have like a repeat album cover because you couldn't figure out how to manipulate the graphics of the back of your Zango. so now you just have like a thousand of one album cover and then your name is like something you think is ironic and catchy but it turns out just makes you seem like you're closeted and you don't know how the world works around you right.
0: that, it's too much to explain i you could read it all about uh like on my blog i've got exactly. i update my blog daily yeah people still have
1: blogs too i heard somebody say yo i write on my blog and i i seriously stopped like, again yeah, i went and then i just let it go it's like no i'm not gonna pursue that avenue." yeah i'm either. not
0: touching this one <laughs>
1: it'd be too much fun and too much of my time so i'm not gonna go down that road
0: oh that's hilarious
1: because there's part of me that like i I shouldn't, but part of me would be willing to have a conversation with most crazy people
0: just to like, listen, I just want to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause they, they always have something to offer, you know, always, you can always learn something and you can almost always be aware of something that you should stop doing that you're doing. Oh yeah. Most definitely a thousand percent. Yes. I, 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 there's probably very few people. And when I say very few I'm talking like three or four people that I've had a conversation with that I, that I gathered no information from. I'm almost always going to gather some sort of information from whoever, whatever, whatever the situation is. I don't care how nonsensical your blabberings are. I'm going to pick up something, you know, something that, you know, other people need help with or something that I didn't realize about myself that I, I do realize now. <laughs> like there's, there's always information to be gathered. Some people are so far off the fucking deep end, and those are the three or four people I'm like, I I don't know what the fuck you're saying at all. And neither do you. But that's also fun.
1: It is. There's part of that (laughs) that, like, it's almost undeniable. I think Joey talked about that playing characters, how he gravitates towards playing the crazy people. Oh, yeah. yeah. But in real life, he can't stand it, which we all couldn't. We all wouldn't want to be that person in the room. Right. Where we're the worst. But playing those people is so funny. Because. You're expressing the things about that, like I hate this thing, but it is so funny in the right context. And so playing that person makes it the best. Um, but what I was gonna say and forgot because of my train of thought.
0: Um, I apologize. I feel like I've talked a lot more than I should have been talking so far. No, th- this is a um, one-on-one chat. So just trying to make sure. Yeah, you talk as much as you want.
1: <laughs> the uh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a 1.75 on 2.5 chat. <laughs> the,
2: uh, no,
0: the, this is, this is a whole thing. I, you know, when, when I'm reaching out to people, I always tell people, I, I just want to have conversations with people that I admire and find interesting. So, Whoever's making it on Drinking With Dougie or Day Drinking With Dougie. I don't even know the name of my own show. Um, Day Drinking With Dougie. It's somebody that I find your perspective interesting. You know what I mean? And that's what it's all about. I want people to hear what David Roger has to say or Morris Metz or, you know, the countless other people that are coming in the future. You know, I just want people to hear, you know, different perspectives. I think this open line of communication is something that's lost on a lot of people because you are caught up in kind of this social media Kind of bicycle wheel to bring it back to cycling, where you're just spinning around and around and around, and you kind of get caught up in this echo echo chamber of people just kind of echoing these different things that you already believed in. And it's like, yeah, but let's talk about things that make you uncomfortable, also. So let's let's do that.
1: Yeah, um, that that. Thank you. I mean, um, I was excited about it when you first started even doing that. I was Super jazz, like I really was. Like that's awesome. It's it's funny to think about the fact that we met through kind of social media is a way that it worked is that we went through a podcast, listening to a podcast, hearing about people and your suggestions would make me laugh. And like, that's funny. Like that Dougie guy seems like he's got a good sense of humor, sense about him. And then, um, through Instagram doing that. But it's funny because that's not typically how I'd pursue getting to know most people. Um, you know, it usually be through something else, but some of the people that I've met through social media, there's, you can almost find a deeper connection faster. Like you and Toby and Kevin and Kevin specifically, because um, Kevin and I have been talking about a, a lot of things, and just having the situation in life we're both in right now, kids almost the same age, um, going through some of the same kind of things, it's been um, it's been weird to think that I've unfortunately never been able to shake his hand or meet him in person yet. Oh, I know, but I know. but I think about what that guy did for our group of friends, and especially during the shutdown for us. The, we had a weird kind of bond almost immediately. All of us chatting you know on a weekly basis. Right, right. And I'm I'm part of me is sad that's missing, but I'm also I'm thankful that it seems like a lot of us that time's not been allocated to something worthless. It seems like all of us right. are taking that time and done something else more productive or done something that's more beneficial to our family or immediate, immediate friends. Yeah, um, uh,
0: sorry, not not to cut you off. Yeah, no, just you could, just for reference um, when we say Kevin we're talking about um, a good friend of ours Kevin Prado he's gonna be on the show here soon matter of you know a week two three weeks something like that um, he'll be on here soon just for reference when we say Kevin we're talking about Kevin Prado he'll be on here soon he's a great guy who we had another podcast with called alchemy that which reviewed another um, fully improvised podcast called alchemy this so just for reference so people know yeah
1: uh, RKP kevin prado he's he's one of those guys that um he's just he's a great he's a great guy yeah you know without without blowing up a spot too much more he just he really is he's a really great guy and really means the best in everything that he does for other people so
0: yeah he's a he's a, he's a good guy very um super smart crazy smarter smart.
1: than most of the people that we know yeah
0: yeah insanely smart and and um And he's a straight shooter. You know, he's not going to pull any punches. He'll tell you like it is, you know, and he expects the same in return. And a lot of people nowadays are too sensitive to receive that. Yeah, that's um,
1: the MySpace thing you said about having the eight friends in social ranking. Um, I think what's interesting about that is people's ability to have interpersonal relationships has been so far removed that the idea that two men would have a conversation like this seems weird. Right. Um, (laughs) But you think think about the kind of conversations people had to have people had to at some point have these kind of conversations yeah Um, and how did that happen before you know there are some really crazy added benefits to social media if it's used for the right purpose with intent yeah Um, when it's not used for self-promotion of a life that's not real you know painting a picture of your life that's different so that people accept you and with myspace what What was immediately brought to my mind is the idea of here's my, you know, whatever was top eight, here's my eight friends in ranking order. So people can see who's the most important person to me. And people would then start to lobby for different positions as your friend so that they looked good in other people's eyes for their own affirmation and self worth, which is such a weird way to think about that, while knowing that that might not be reflected in day to day interactions. Like that. Right, right. for a page not for how it works in life I know yeah. people who look really really good on the internet and in life it's really really sad because um, yeah. I I think I mentioned it when um, I think I mentioned it to was it Chris? I do remember it was when we interviewed Chris Alvarado on the um, Alchemy That or if um, if it's when I got to who was fortunate to be a guest on the comedy fix. I think that might have been when I talked to Chris about it. Okay. But we were talking about something, and with Jamie Parkin and one of the other hosts, I remember, I know I said the, um, the idea of interacting with a social gathering like a networking event, how that's not real. I think that's where it was brought up, where it was you paint this picture of yourself that is the best version of you that you think it is to appeal to somebody else. Right, right. And that might change and vary dependent on who the audience is. Right. Like, not like, but one of the things that I was really surprised by and thankful for with our group on the podcast, The Alchemy, that I didn't I didn't feel like I had to play anybody. You
2: know, right, I didn't right. think
1: like I had to, it was very weird. It was one of the first times you ever meet somebody where I don't feel, I didn't feel this pressure to put on. It's very strange.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's not a matter of putting on, it's just a matter of showing up, you know, it's, it's, it's show up, be you. And, and we can all just enjoy each other's company. And, and it was such a strange thing because I, I don't have, but maybe a couple friends, you know, in my adult life at 30 years old now, like what we were talking about earlier, I've got a couple people, you know, good friend of mine, um, Don, who, I met when I first moved here to Wichita and you know him and I have a relationship where we could go 6 or 8 months without speaking but if I you know call him up hey I got a flat tower, I'm out on the highway it's a matter of minutes and he's going to pull up he's going to give me a hand you know it's not it's not ever going to be a matter of like well I haven't heard from you and now you call me because you have a problem it's never that it's never going to be that you know because what we what we owe to each other is just be yourself you be you I'm gonna be me as long as we show up for one another that's all we can ask for uh, of one another and so when we started alchemy that that's all it was is was, as long as we showed up and we were being ourselves that's all anybody was asking for and th- the countless times that we got done recording an episode and we sat on the zoom call for another hour or two just shooting the shit and just kind of you know lobbing comedic you know theatrics at one another does it doesn't get any better than that
1: it doesn't and it was what was striking was that you brought up um, the idea of building a community um, and how GGE had built a community about something that he was truly passionate about right. how it's it's fostering this idea and the word community uh, unfortunately can be misappropriated for different things but when you talk about building communities people with a shared interest or people who are in proximity to one another yeah, and unfortunately, is we've painted this idea that community means that everybody's getting along all the time.
2: Oh right,
1: yeah, which is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, because there needs the the benefit of community is the shared interest that we're not just doing this for our own interest, but for the interests of other people at the same time. Right, and having a single I and mean, it really was well, I guess it was like two things we had access to a computer. And we had a shared interest in a podcast. Yeah. That was it. Like you talk about like low barrier to entry for that. Right. (laughs) Talk about low floor, high ceiling for a situation for a group of people. Yeah. Way different walks of life. And the other thing too is we could enjoy this thing and none of us had to be combative about it or bring and no one had an agenda beyond like enjoying. Yeah. like let's just enjoy this and you yeah. could tell when there was kind of an agenda or someone might have had something where they kind of had a point to get across it's like okay it seems kind of weird but the other thing too was i think we also most of us handled it maturely if there's a dispute where it's like let's just all right let's figure this out what if it's me okay cool i'll stop talking you know just, right
0: yeah let's just, let's just get to the bottom of it Let, let's just put it all out there on the table like what, what's what's the situation here because like you said it was all walks of life and it literally not only spanned walks of life, but it spanned time zones. Like we had people from California all the way to Philadelphia and, you know, just lining up, you know, times to record could be a pain in the ass sometimes and, and all that. So just having that open line of communication with one another to, to talk and put it all out there. And like what you were saying earlier with, um, you know, not having any, um, I forget the words that you use, but acting as if there's no conflict, there's gonna be conflict, and as as soon as you act like there's no conflict between a, a a group of friends or within a community, somebody's not being truthful, or you're just being way too passive to where you're you're gonna you know go in your room and, and punch your bedroom door at the end of the night because your voice wasn't heard or whatever because you thought that you didn't want to stir the pot or, you know, kick up dust or whatever the case is, and that's unfortunate because in in a, in a community, you, you have to have that ability to not only be vulnerable and say, I think I'm wrong in this situation, but also speak up and say, hey, I, I think that you're looking at this from a different perspective than I, than I am. So maybe I'm wrong, but hey, maybe you're wrong too. So let's, let's find some common ground here and see how we can progress this because we all have a common goal. And as soon as we set that common goal to the side, we all lose. So what do we do, need to do to progress this to where we can meet that common goal? And we could all be happy. There's no malicious intent with any of it, and that that should go with with any core group of friends or family or community. You know your your neighbors. I say that as I said, I don't know my neighbors' names, but um. You, but you, the weird, you know, the thing is, our generation
1: we grew up maybe knowing our neighbors, but as soon as we had neighbors, it just the dynamics changed gradually. Yeah. Apartment complexes are not communities; they used to be, yeah. they're not yeah. anymore. Yeah, like it's just people, like don't
0: talk to me yeah which is weird though because we're all internally screaming out for acceptance and love right yeah exactly but all while trying to be the cool guy who's like no i'm too cool like don't,
2: like, don't or, the, talk or, or, the,
0: or the
1: sad boy show where like i'm putting all out there so people give me more than i need because i selfishly accept like needing more acceptance
0: yeah i'm just in the apartment like on the balcony smoking a cigarette crying you okay yeah i'm fine man just leave don't me alone. questions you just wouldn't You just want to understand slowly walking away, giving enough
1: time to ask a question for you to come back out. You wouldn't get it, man. You just wouldn't get it. It's like life is difficult. It's like we all get that, man. If we don't, we're fooling ourselves. Life is challenging no matter what walk of life it is. There's something about your life that's relatively challenging for you. I, I thought this quite a bit, and it's funny because there's been very few people where I think I could pose this question or pose it, the idea, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't just make the person want to hang up the call is I mean or like exactly or just walk away because right. the way that we we view any kind of relationships is transactional which is just uh-huh. sad right like, yeah. what do I get from this what do you get from this it should be like what could I potentially give or what could you potentially give not what I get from you right like that yeah, yeah like with different. this I love hearing your opinion <clears throat> you know for me it's not like what do I get from Dougie right now so like, this is awesome I, I enjoyed being able to chat with you yeah likewise think if think if you so I'm going to pose a situation because um, this is for me where I the, my love of improv, I think, is tied directly to this is because of the way in which I, I think dynamics between people could work. If people didn't have this just totally absurd expectation on conversation or, or transactional relationships. Right. So let's say we don't know one another and we're at some, some kind of a function, whether it's work related or where at like a, we bump into one another at Home Depot or a gas station. Right. So the only shared thing is like location, maybe not even purpose. Like maybe I stopped to use the bathroom at the gas station, you're filling up and then trying to get kids back in the car. And I'm running on a work trip where I'm literally just trying to run in to get to a meeting. Right. And our only interaction is in line because we're both trapped now because of a hailstorm or something i'm trying to come up with a situation where we have to be standing there in line we can't do anything so it's just the two
2: of us right right
1: and um you know you say what's up i say what's up and then uh i go hey um like uh i don't think we should put on airs in this conversation i'm david uh, this is what i do for work and this is why i'm here um what yeah What do you like to do on the weekends when you have free time? I mean, can you imagine, like, one, the first one would go, you're crazy. Um, But for me, and I I could be wrong or alone in my thinking, I think we all desperately want that to happen at times. I think we desperately want someone to drop all of the facade, say, like, hey, this is my name. Like, I just wanted to say hi and just be friendly. And I'm not doing it because I'm creepy or weird. You know, I just... Just want to say hi. We're we're stuck here. Yeah. Might as well say hi. Um, right. I had one conversation on a plane with someone like that one time for work, and it was one of the most fruitful conversations I've ever had because the person just said, "I, I, I don't have anything to listen to. Would it would it bother you if I just wanted to talk?" And I I seriously stopped for a second. And I pulled my headphones off and I went, Ab- "Absolutely," you know, yeah. like. Yeah it would be so easy for me to say like, I'm sorry, I'm tired. Like this is my third flight today. I've been jumping between Kentucky, Illinois and Missouri. Like I just want to go home or whatever. It was like a two hour flight. And it was honestly like one of the most enjoyable experiences with a complete stranger, just because it was just a conversation with no, yeah. there was no, um, ulterior motive Agenda. beyond just two people just wanting to talk.
0: Yeah. It, like you said, just to echo back to it, we all do n- not only want that, but need that sometimes. It's just somebody to take a genuine interest in what we have going on in our everyday life. As trivial as it may seem, whatever you're doing, but you know, if you're kind of in the same area, going, had, you're sharing the same experience, sometimes it's nice to just talk and have a conversation. Like you said, no ulterior motive, no agenda, just two human beings that are sharing this experience. Just talk get to know one another are you gonna continue this friendship beyond probably not I mean fuck how many people are you do you still talk to that you were in an elevator with but you know that what we are dealing with now is so is is made for us to disconnect from one another because as soon as something like that happens like your scenario um, takes place it takes place for me tomorrow and I'm standing in line I left my phone in the truck when I went in to get a snack while I was getting gas, whatever and then the hailstorm comes we're stuck in there they have their phone I have no phone I go hey my name is Dougie you know this weather sucks like you know what were you trying to do today like and this is what we're doing now they don't even hear me because they're on their phone scrolling through Instagram and they're taking they're at the door taking pictures of the hailstorm telling people like oh poor me look what I'm dealing with all the while you got somebody right next to you that can sympathize with you because I'm sharing the same experience right but you're trying to reach out to the masses to try to get, you know, validation for your, you know, emotional tragedy that you're dealing with. But all the while, we're dealing with it together. So why don't we comfort each other in this situation? Sit down and have a conversation. But that's just not what—that's not what things are designed for anymore.
1: No, they're not. They're—they're they're, they're built in. We facilitate the idea of everything being okay. And I think that that is not ultimately where the problem lies, but. If you're not willing to accept the fact that people think and feel differently than you are, and try to understand how to interact with that in a way that, um, in a way in which that is considerate, but also does not deny, um, what is true about situations and what the end goal needs to be in that case, right? By that I mean there's a danger when you get into empathy and sympathy. Um, if you only ever always empathize with people and you don't have a fundamental grounding in reality, right? right? Like if uh, my son today, perfect example, this is funny that this happened, but not every, nothing's really a coincidence. So um, it, my oldest son says something about, uh, can you tell me about the time we were driving a, a green Jeep and says something about this doctor? And I'm thinking, okay, so this isn't a show, was it something that we were like playing a game? <laughs> I went through all the stuff, it's like, okay, we didn't pretend we were doing that, didn't do this, okay then he talks about it, like gives me a name of a doctor. He says he's a real person and he helps people does this. And I thought, okay, I know my practitioners, there's no doctor with that name on a show or something. So okay, yes. Yeah. And then I, I said, and he seemed really concerned about this. So I got invested in it. And I went, um, is this? Did you make this all up, buddy? Or is this does this happen? Because yeah. some of the story was a little like concerning. where it's like if this is conflicting ideas, when well, he's not sure <laughs> to tell me about something, I need to, you know, make sure I address his idea about the way people talk to one another. And I, because he was saying people were being mean, and this doctor was helping people. And then I said, "Did you make this all up?" He goes, "Yeah, I made it all up." <laughs> and you know, I I had a very sincere conversation with him and said, "Hey, yeah. buddy, it's it's great to make stuff up, and it's it's fun to to imagine and pretend stuff because." daddy does that as an adult like I think that's hysterical to do and fun and I love yeah. getting in his imaginary world I said but it is it can be dangerous if yeah. we tell people it's a real thing because he told me twice throughout the story that it was real and so I'm trying to oh, decipher right, right. what what's real is he trying to you know expand on the idea is he trying to add hyperbole to it to make sure I'm listening to him and he says uh it was right yeah up. right like it's made up and then there was a relief that came over me but then I realized too the importance of If I'm not understanding what the truth is, and I just empathize with him, now I am set on a mission as a father who is supposed to protect my son. I'm going to go ask my wife, like, hey, is there a doctor of this name at the place where they go? Right. Or do you know this name, the show? And then my son said these things. And is any of that happening case? Did someone yell at him? Did someone do something that I'm not aware of? Right. did i yell at him and i'm not cognizant of it at a certain time was whatever it was but if i if i'm sympathetic meaning i'm firmly grounded in reality trying to understand what's happening with the situation and then able to say yeah i can understand how that would be concerning it turns out he had had a dream about it had told my wife about it and he was now just like making more of the dream but right, right. It, it was, for him as a three-year-old it was real but it wasn't real and so <laughs> the danger comes into when you lie about something that's not the truth but then also if you build up ideas in your head of something that's not the truth and people just want to empathize because no one wants to be considered as not being empathetic
0: right right right
1: right like yeah um as a man if i came to you and this is not reality for me in the least bit but if i came to you and started complaining about my wife mm-hmm. what do guys do right now in the world we live in what do we? What do we typically do? Like, what do guys just typically do in a conversation when someone else can, starts complaining about their wife? Oh, just start deflecting. Oh,
0: you know how women are. You know this, right?
1: <laughs> or you you jump on board with it if you have no consideration for your, your wife. But yeah, if if you're sympathetic, you would say, "Well, I mean, I know Charlotte." So, are you sure? Like, that doesn't seem right. Or what I do now with a buddy who does it all the time is. Hey man, that's not going to fix your marriage. Complaining to me is not going to help you.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I
1: can give you the li- I can give you all the list of things I've recommended. Like try to be a good friend to you, but I also know it's not the case. I also know that you're not always up to snuff all the time, nor am I. And yeah. so, if I come to somebody else to complain about my wife, the first thing I want someone to do is go, "Okay, well, what did you what do? Did you do?" <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I want them to be sympathetic. I don't want empathy when I'm being a two-year-old when i'm being like literally a hormonal 15 year old when i'm angry but i'm so self-absorbed i don't understand that that's not the full reality of the situation
0: yeah because it's very easy to you know take on kind of that victim mentality you know when when you're caught up and you're emotionally invested in a situation you're like i know i'm right i know for a fact i'm right all the while you're acting like you're 10 years old and then you go tell somebody else like oh my wife was doing this and that and then if their instinct is because they're, you know, uncomfortable with the situation or whatever, you know, they're just trying to tell you what you want to hear. And they say, Oh yeah, it sounds like she is, you know, being a bitch or being unreasonable or whatever their, whatever whatever their language is for that situation, then it just kind of reinforces your ideology of like, Oh, I knew I was right, but you're not, you're, you're being childish. You're being unreasonable yourself. And her reaction was totally reasonable for whatever you were doing So if somebody has the wherewithal to say, no, what did you do? Kind of sounds like you were being a dick and now you're blaming her for you being in a bad mood for that day. And, you know, I try to, you know, tell my wife that all the time and I'm, you know, obviously not a hundred percent with it, but, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm having a bad day. Like I'm going to be unreasonable about some things. If I have a bad day at work, I don't try to bring those things home, but, you know, sometimes it's just like, fuck everything, you know, and you just have a bad day. And I try to vocalize that, and like, hey, I'm I'm kind of having a fucked up day, you know, and, and all that. But there's definitely many days where I'm just a dickhead for you know perceivably no reason. And she's like, did I do something? And you know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I think you did, <laughs> but she didn't. <laughs> she was right. just she was just there at the moment and living I'm, her
1: living her life do what she's supposed to
0: be doing. Exactly. But I'm acting like a hammer and I saw her as a nail, and that's not fair, you know. No, and it's not. and and, but we do that every single day not not understanding that we're doing such and like i said if i'm acting like a hammer everything's gonna look like a nail and i'm just gonna walk around beating the shit out of everything but sometimes i need a screwdriver sometimes i i need a whole tool tool belt of different applications that i could use to solve a situation or just get through something but i'm too i'm too zoomed into the picture to see what's actually going on and in turn you know you could easily push people away or make people think that you're a selfish, arrogant dick, or you know whatever the situation is, and that's unfortunate. But you know you got to have a core group of friends or somebody that you turn to, like, hey, this is happening. It's like well, you're being an asshole. I'm like, ah, fuck, you're right. You know, yeah. And and then you go back and you make good with those people, and, and you know I'll try to do better. But you you have to understand that you're creating your whole life is about creating this tool belt. You know, mm-hmm. I. Imagine, imagine if your your shop in your garage and all you had was a saw, a hammer, and you know a flathead screwdriver, and you've got to build, you know, a mid century couch. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. You need more tools than that. You've got to mm-hmm. you've got to go through life trying to pack your tool belt in your your shop with all these different applications that you can use to you know finely tune these different aspects of your life. But Absolutely, that's, that's lost on a lot of people though myself included a lot of times <laughs> yeah well me too absolutely even though the fact I know it
1: all the time I know it in my head and in my heart but I forget it because we're selfish people
0: yeah.
1: um, the, the words that no one really wants to talk about right now is accountability by no one I mean like people don't want to address it in a way that's um, considerate and loving they want to call people accountable when they themselves know that they don't want to be held accountable for what they do they right. want accountability for other people and it's generally people who are perceived as having power over other people Right, but as right. men, right, Like as, as men, as husbands and fathers um, and dads,
0: look,
1: having accountability is one of the best things we can possibly have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because our responsibility level is so high because we are responsible for and to a group of people. And when we're not there, wouldn't matter what life insurance we have, that is the only place in life where we're irreplaceable. It's the right. only place in life.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Because you cannot, no matter what, be replaced for certain things. You just can't in that, especially yeah. if you're doing it the way you're supposed to be doing it. Yeah. And as as men, um, I think it's also important to have the idea of iron sharpening iron. You know, yeah. when you talk about having tools, and thankfully we're able to kind of communicate in the same language about that, but chisels or yeah. blades, you could probably bring it down to like scissors or a knife in your kitchen, right? Like it doesn't have to yeah. be yeah. directly tool related. It's a, It's a tool to serve a purpose. If it's not sharp, you're going to be fighting it all the time. It's not, it's dull, it's not going to be doing what it's supposed to do with its intended purpose. And you're gonna be and, destroying whatever material you're using or, or, or so you, working with. So we talk about a, a society in large that is really procuring and facilitating and fostering this idea that it's okay to be, it's okay to be passive, it's okay to be dull as a man. It's okay to, and uh, women too, but, specifically men I think it's very sad this idea that it's okay to not be transparent about things or it's okay to be only overwhelmed with emotion and if mm-hmm. you're not able to call people out and say yo man like not cool yeah you know there's very few men that I that I have that relationship with who will call me on my stuff because I think people are afraid to do it even though I tell you like hey I need you to tell me like keep me in line if I say something to you that seems out of line I seriously want you to to say you're wrong, like you are, yeah. And if I don't yeah. respond to it immediately correctly, I will respond to it because I do try to keep myself in check in that respect. Um, but it's yeah, so men being accountable sometimes, when sometimes
0: you sometimes you got to pad it with time, you yeah, know. Yeah, sure, of course. If, if somebody you know checks you on something and your immediate response is is, and this is something that I try to take notice of if somebody tries to check me on something or does check me on something and my immediate response is, is anger, I'm upset about it, then I tried to pat it with some time to think like, okay, my immediate response was being upset or getting angry. Why? Why do Mm -hmm. I feel so passionate about the way that I was acting or something that I said? And nine times out of 10, and I don't mean that literally, but a majority of the time, it's stemming from something that's completely unrelated to the situation, whether it's something to do with the you know in your childhood or it's an interaction that you had with with you know an ex-girlfriend or you you know whatever the case is it's so easy to have that kind of barking in the back of your head and you not realizing that is barking in the back of your head and then somebody brings it back up and that dog gets louder and and you just bark back at him and you're angry and you're upset and you don't know why it's just that first response is to do so
1: it is and we're we are now in a time and place in which people are being called to be authentic, but they're not being called to be actually authentic. They're being called to be authentic to whatever it is that they think is authentic about themselves. Right. And so if Dougie, and I'm exactly like you, I get so passionate about things and love things so much and want the, the best about whatever the situation is or the, the outcome to be the best, yeah. that I will buy into a situation three levels deeper than people who are like actually responsible for the situation to happen. Like, right. I care about one of my friends' marriages more than he does. Right. Um, I'm not exaggerating. and it, it makes me kind of sad, but it's, at this point it's laughable because it's true. And I, I, I've had three different people now, my wife, my dad, and somebody else tell me, like, you care more about them than they do. You need to relax a little bit. Yeah, like, <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> this can't this can't consume as much of your time. And thankfully, I've taken a step back from that. But yeah, um, uh, authentic. It's not authentic it's a sense it's whatever you think you want to be prescribed at. because if you were truly authentic what it would be is dougie you get heated in situations and if you're going to be authentic what you need to do is you need to say you know what i need to pad my time yeah. i get mad and i need to be self-aware and accountable to somebody else and what i need is my wife which is great because it sounds like that's what you guys do and i'm very thankful that my wife and i are really digging into trying that to be we've been married for seven years this year
2: and it's an ever-growing thing you know
1: but thanks congrats on 12 for you guys that's awesome thank you um you think about like the the amount of literal hard work that goes into that being able to have that transparent line of communication where you can say i'm having a bad day yeah um that as long as it took it took us like three four years in a marriage where we could just be honest about that where it was not like I'm having a bad day after you've acted a certain way all day but just upfront to be able to say I don't know why Like I after the first thing you say and it's in the wrong attitude like, I don't know why I'm having a bad day I'm sorry yeah it's actually not about like whatever you've done I don't really know why and if it's cool I'm gonna take a minute like we do this too where it's like I'm gonna take a minute I'm literally gonna go walk out the front door on the like front walk I'm yeah. just gonna like walk over and make sure that there's no mail or make sure that, you know, there's nothing we need to clean up outside for a reason right. just to like literally change
0: where we are in the house to just yeah. get some fresh air. Yeah. Clear your head. Hey, and at, sp- nine times day, yeah go for Yeah. Oh, I was going to say not to catch you up. I got to go to the bathroom real quick. I got to pee. Yep. I, I got the same pee. thing. Okay. So sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes with day drinking with Dougie, you got to take a piss. And you're slamming kombucha at
1: 11 oh, what f- what flavor uh this one is the pineapple i haven't really it's like the second time i've had this one it's actually really good
0: what what brand is
1: it uh gt's it's the oh, okay pineapple. i got you it's yeah it's a good one it's it tastes like um like if that pineapple soda wasn't horrible you know that pineapple yes <laughs> <Right. best. laughs> yes like what yeah. we all imagined in our head it was going to taste like is what this tastes like
0: yeah yeah, kombucha is really good. I I had uh, it was a pineapple mango one recently. I got a six pack of that because that was that was really good stuff. It's good stuff. It's really good for you, gut biome and all that. Is, it's it really helps good. my stomach immensely. Like oh it's really?
1: Great. And it kind of curbs my. I haven't we cut out soda years ago, just because of how much we were drinking it and how much it felt like we just felt like slugs. Like you just feel so ugh. Yeah, I didn't realize how much we felt like that. Like, how much you pump your body full of corn syrup. And you're like, oh, this isn't good for my body. Shouldn't you do Dude, this it's and... just sludge. That's all it is. It's just sludge. Like, I can pound, I could seriously pound, like, a four-pack of those yellow Red Bulls. And, yeah. like, that's too much sugar and caffeine for my body. But if I literally drink, like,
0: a Polar Pop, I want to die. I'm like, what all is right. this? <laughs> yeah it's just sludge man it's so bad for your body it's just like your gears are grinding like nothing's working it's like it's like you put the wrong fuel in your car it's just like did it did horrible just, man it's yeah not, it's no
1: bueno um so getting back to like at least a little bit of the topic was the idea of we're promoting the idea of being authentic but it's a character and the worst part about the, promoting the idea of being the authentic you is it's generally the worst parts about you that people are like, embrace it. You're fiery. You're... Oh, right. No, that's just Dougie. Dougie's just fiery. And what I love is that he's unapologetically himself. No, I hate that. I hate that about that person. <laughs> yeah. And you know who else, else hates it? Literally everybody else interacts with him. The only reason you like it is because you think that that is okay to embrace that part of you that really doesn't to be curbed and yeah. needs to be put into line. I mean... If we if we had complete free range license to dive into our hobbies how obsessed would others become i mean realistically right 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 yeah like if someone said you could quit your job tomorrow and only care about your hobby just <laughs> be all in i mean like if someone said literally the only thing you have to do is make sure that you talk to your family and did that i mean think about how selfish like that part of our brain both went like being like,
2: here's our checklist. <laughs> yeah. Really,
1: like, it's, it's crazy, which is good when you can put that drive into thing you're supposed to. But the people who are unapologetically themselves. Part of the problem is, is I, I really think it would be we'd be hard pressed to say that there isn't something about us that we know that we need to constantly work at improving and trying to better not just for ourselves, but for other people. And if I yeah. was to be unapologetically David, that'd be a nightmare. <laughs> because I know that, I mean, you know, not not to get preachy thing, but like I'm a sinner. Like I know that. I mean, I know that. Yeah. That that's deep down, I will always battle that. And let you know if people don't, it's getting too heavy for people. The idea that we're all selfish. We all are even the most selfless giving people some of those people do it for affirmation like sounds weird but i know yeah i know somebody that i used to think was like the most wonderful altruistic person i've ever met in my life just mm-hmm. would give you the shirt off their back then i realized they did that because it made them feel good
2: right right right
1: yeah they weren't doing it out of genuine love for people it they prided themselves on it and would come up in conversation and then i realized like oh you're just telling the story because you you need that kind of affirmation yeah you, had to you need somebody in, to tell you what you did was a good thing right like i was trying to find an example of just how we re- reviewed the year and i realized if i started listing the things that we did to help people i realized that's that's just me trying to get attention like it really is i stopped oh. myself you know getting it out because i realized how quickly that would turn into a like a me thing and yeah, it's right. not it's just taking review of your life and seeing if there's opportunities to help people. I just, I, it's so sad to me that there are so many people who are hurting right now who are struggling who need deep interpersonal communication. And all it would take is them being willing to be humble, to admit their mistakes, to ask whoever it is in that relationship for help. And, and commit to some kind of level of trust and accountability
2: yeah
1: um i think about all the relationships i have where there are things where i want to say something to somebody else but i'm afraid because i know that they either are not mature enough for it or they won't be able to handle it yeah and i i know there are people in my life who would probably say the same about me but i'm trying to get to the point at which people would know that it's kind of an open pass right, you know right. like hey there's this thing about me and if someone else doesn't tell me about it and i'm not aware of it i really hope like if there was a big old zit on my nose i'm in public i want yeah. someone to go hey i didn't I, I know this but just so you know there's pinpointers like i don't want it to be like i'm not trying to be mean or anything but i just thought you should know because it's me, someone who's crippling insecurity, I would tell somebody because it's like, would you want to go all day at an event or whatever with something on your face like that? Like, Let's just say it's not a pimple, right? So, cause I struggle with adult acne too, but let's just say it's like grease on their face or food on the corner of their mouth. Like, Is it more loving to ignore it because you're afraid of how that person will perceive you? Or is it more loving to walk up and try and find a polite way to say, I don't want to say, but just so you know, you have food on your mouth. Because every time I've said that to somebody, they're always like, thank you so much about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there are 12 people, like myself included. I remember coming home one day, like I had food in the corner of my mouth for a meeting for like four hours. And I, <laughs> I called my coworker and I said, what the hell is wrong with the guy? Why didn't you say something to me? He's like, well, I didn't want to. I was like, you don't want to what? You don't want me to be professional in this situation?
0: Yeah. You didn't want to help me out a little bit? <laughs> like, if I had
1: food in my teeth, I don't want to go an afternoon talking to people with food in my teeth. I want someone to go, even if they were a jerk about it, like you got something in your tooth. Did you not brush your teeth today? <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? I didn't use my floss sticks after lunch. Thanks, man. Sorry. I didn't want to like, because it's gross.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people struggle is for one, not not understanding the fact that they need help or would benefit wow. from yeah. help. And then secondary to that, I think people really struggle with the acceptance of learning new information or hearing something that they should or do need to hear and applying it to their personal life. Because there's some people that finally come to grips with, I, I do need help, so I'm going to say something. And then you say something to somebody and they start offering you advice or they offer you an outlet to help you with you know whatever it is that you're facing. And then you immediately like, well, what the fuck do you know? You know what I mean? You automatically get defensive when you just ask this person for help, and your inability to accept help or accept in- information is a downfall to you. And mm-hmm. and a lot of people struggle with that because they it takes them so long to even understand that they need it, and then when they do get it, they can't they can't absorb it, or they won't apply it to their personal life, and that it it only it only makes them suffer even more.
2: And amplified from- on top of
0: that. I think that would coincide with the
1: thing that i battle all the time is the notion that you can't love others unless you love yourself yeah i think that that's i don't think that's true like i just don't think it's a statement it's true i think you can i think you can really almost hate who you are or the things you struggle with and still love other people and want to love other people i think what the people are trying to say is is if you are not emotionally developed enough to be able to acknowledge who you are as a person right. you will struggle to do the same for others Is but that doesn't sound as neat or as packaged but right. what that does is like you can't love others unless you love yourself so then okay let's spend a lot of time loving ourselves and what we do is we build up this really thick wall of the person we think we are
2: right.
1: and that's not reality and then we get to now create a social media presence that's just a, it's a loudspeaker for this character that we portray.
0: Yeah, like, I, I think, I think if that saying was true that you know you can't love others unless you love yourself, and it, it's like you said, it sounds like a nice, neat package. It sounds great. It's it's lovely and everything, but if that was the case, like explain Robin Williams or Anthony Bourdain or all these people that created content to put smile on other smiles on other people's faces, but inwardly were were. I hesitate to say damage, but something was missing. You know, the thing is, like, they could be damaged. There's, and there's not, that's not
1: bad. That's also something, too, that I think we, um, like, I know I'm damaged. And I don't mean, like, whatever, right? But I know that. I know for a fact there's things that happened that there there are scars that are left. There's things that, there are things that I do because of what's happened to me. Right, Right. Right. And the things that i've done that i've been like i've damaged because of my choices that i've made too right and i've damaged yeah. other people that's okay Ex- accepting the fact that we are all inherently selfish people who only want what we want you can see it in children
0: oh right like, yeah right yeah.
1: don't do that i want to do this you're going to kill yourself if you do that but i want to do it anyway because i think i know best because i'm selfish and i don't want to hear what other people have to say Exactly. Anybody who's had a child or been around a child long enough knows that that's what they do. They're yeah. immediately inclined to do the thing that is self-serving, and that so starts at six thirty in the morning. It does every single day. <laughs> yeah. They wake up, they poop in their pants because they wanted to because it's easier to do that versus crying and trying to communicate. They have to poop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: I mean, so like childish this but you know like it, it it is that's the thing and then we think about as adults like i didn't want to tell you how i felt about a situation you should automatically know because you're supposed to think about the way that i think about things all the time because i shouldn't have to be mature enough to have an emotional conversation with you right <laughs> are you three because my three-year-old tells me when he has to pee because he yeah. knows that if he just enjoys what he's doing he'll pee in his pants and then the negative outcome is is he might ruin the situation for himself he might embarrass himself and now he's put a responsibility on others to care for him
0: yeah.
2: Yep. I, exactly.
1: I tell him that because that would fracture his mind. But that's the breakdown, it's a way that you analyze that situation. Now as an adult you're in a relationship with your yeah, wife so it, and you come home from a bad day at work and you don't tell your wife, Hey, work sucked today, like I'm in a bad
0: mood. But instead you come to the door and the first thing you do is like,
1: Why is there shoes on the floor? Like I gotta
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Yeah, you're 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 making a short term decision for a long term um, effect. Yeah, you know it's gonna be a long-term negative effect because you, in the short term, you just flip shit about something, something trivial. You chose to
1: go with a gut
0: reaction that was
1: self-serving because you wanted to be mad, and it's easier to stay mad and be mad, and you feel better initially, versus going, I am mad and I don't really know why and I don't know who it's at. I had my three-year-old come to me and tell me one day. He said, "I'm having a hard day." Like, was just like, <laughs> how great is that though? It was great because what I realized was I was convicted so hard of, I don't remember what it was. This was like a couple of weeks ago, like just the day before. I had like a rough morning, and I remember coming in around lunchtime and checking in with them, and there was chaos going on. And my wife really needed my help, and I was frustrated. And I remember going, all right. I, I could choose to be mad right now as I'm thinking about this as I'm about to respond like I could choose to be mad right now and I really it feels so good to be yeah. upset because it'd be so gratifying to that deep part of me that would just wants to do what I want to do and I thought I'm just gonna shut up. I'm just gonna I'm gonna shut up I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna shut up and not gonna say anything. And that yeah. was terrible because then now there's this quiet, obviously angry dad in the situation. yeah, versus what I should have done to come and say, I haven't had a good morning. Sorry, like I, I'm gonna help, but I'm gonna, I'm sorry for my attitude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but taking. I'm gonna
1: help, but I'm not happy about it. Right, like I'm mm-hmm. here for you, and my heart's invested in it. But I need you to know my attitude is not there. Or I'm going to do this because I know I need to, but my heart is not in it right now. But I need you to yeah. know I love you all, and I'm sorry about this.
0: Yeah. Think yeah. about,
1: I don't know for you, but, um, like as a as an adult man now with a family. I am very fortunate that I want my dad to be like my best friend. Like I'm, I really do want to have a relationship with my dad as another man to be able to ask him questions because he knows me better than a lot of people do and um, aspiring to that. And there's been a difference in the level of emotional maturity that we have over the last year and a half, because one, one day, last year I just called and said, Hey, I need you to know, like, I don't care like I don't I don't look at things that happened growing up or whatever it is good or bad and then now hold you guys to that going you guys messed me up or did whatever or you guys you coddled me too much or cared about me too much and now I'm not whatever and I yeah. said, st- I just can can we have conversations sometimes where it's not like this idea of me holding something against you or me always trying to bring up the past which I didn't do but that happens with people and yeah um, It takes a different level of emotional maturity and i i thought about it you said it's the willingness for people to admit they need help or admit you know they're wrong and i think it's really it's it's detrimental to people's health to be told regardless of their situation that they're good or that you know they're enough for that they should just love themselves. Like what if, what if I'm a crack addict who's abusing children? Like I, sorry, I shouldn't love myself.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) You've got to change some things, man. You can, you can hate your desires for things and hate your
1: heart and your decision making. And that can have a more direct positive impact on literally everyone who interacts with you because if you love yourself, One, I mean, like, narcissism is deadly, right? I mean, realistically, if oh, you're yeah. in love with yourself, it, it is. I mean, the, the fable about narcissism is deadly. The person who fell in love with himself, that he fell into a, you know, pond and drowned because he was in love with himself and the way he looked so much. Yeah, Dude,
0: I'm way too smart to fall for that. Yeah, I would
2: check the water.
1: <laughs> I'd check
0: the depth first. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I had my friend verify their Facebook account to make sure they're a real person first. Um, I, I'm not going to get literally catfished
0: by my own reflection. Right. <laughs> no, the, it was a thing. Um, and I don't know if this is true or not, but whether it's true or not, doesn't really matter. Cause it helped me in my personal life. But I heard somewhere one time and it was probably on a podcast cause I consume a lot of podcasts that, um, statistically it's impossible to stay mad at a single topic for more than seven minutes without having to make yourself mad at it again. Now, like I said, I don't know if it's true or not, but it helps me because if I get mad about something, I'll give it a little bit, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. And then I reevaluate. Am I actually mad about this or was I mad about this? Is there a workaround on this? Can I, is there a different way to navigate through this without just pure anger and i haven't found a situation yet where there's a different path other than anger like it's just not happened yet anger hasn't solved anything in my life it's only made things worse so give something 10 minutes somebody says something that pisses you off does something that pisses you off you know they it it could be something you know very aggressive what if you're walking through the mall and somebody shoulder checks you okay that's going to piss you off and you're going to want to you know run up behind them and and punch him in the face or something like that. But where is that going to get you? The anger just got you locked up. So Mm -hmm. that's not going to help. So give it five, 10 minutes. See if you're still mad, you might still be irritated by it, but I guarantee you your anger level is going to be diminished considerably minutes later. So your impulse reaction isn't almost, almost never is your impulse reaction the right way to go. Just give it some
1: time and see. If your impulse reaction is to respond without a if you're if your impulse reaction is selfish right if it's self-serving if it's hateful or if it's directed at somebody and it's not being considerate but i yeah. would agree with i think even both of us loving improv and I, I believe that both of us think pretty quickly on our feet and we like to to use of consciousness and just kind of think through a process out loud yeah without a lot of careful consideration in everything that we do the um the danger lies in is being a reactive person, which is super beneficial in a lot of situations when it comes mm-hmm. to our attitudes about things that cannot be. I um I would agree with that wholeheartedly because I know that it's it's so much easier to stew in your self whatever it is, self-loathing or self-love about a situation and I'm right about this and that person's wrong and that person's horrible. And then yeah. when someone comes in and physically or literally body checks you about the way in which you're acting, yeah. Your response, if you haven't been honest about it, if you've only ever considered your own emotions, it could be completely warped. Your response is to be like, Yeah, like you said, you'll bite off their head. You'll just, you'll jump yeah. down the throat about it. And how is that, how is that not just, how
0: is that beneficial for literally anyone? Yeah. No, n- nobody wins in that situation. Nobody. It, even if you do the thing. Like, say, say, you know, you just run up and you just, you know, cold cock this person who just shoulder checked you in the mall, just given this example, and you punch him, he falls down, he gets up, he walks away, you don't get arrested, you finish shopping, he finished shopping, you go home, do you stop thinking about this? No, no. This is going to bother you while you're sitting on the couch with your wife watching Narcos and you're you're going to think, you know, could I have done more? Or, you know, should I have hit him when he was down or fuck, why did I hit him at all? I didn't need to do that. You you're never going to, you're never going to go back over that situation in your head and you're like, you know what? I did the right thing. No. Not in a situation like that. You know, if you just let it go and you're like, oh, excuse me. And you just kind of take that And and I hesitate to say, take the higher road because in a lot of situations people say, oh, just be the bigger person saying be the bigger person sounds like you're accepting disrespect. And no, I'm not that, gonna. It also sounds like
1: saying you're the bigger person. Sometimes that means you're being petty and you're not being the bigger person.
0: Right. You created a problem that wasn't even there to begin with. <laughs> it was, he accidentally, maybe his shoe was untied and he tripped over his shoelace. Accidentally bumped into you, but didn't realize how hard he bumped it. You know, it could be a whole bunch of different things because, believe it or not, the world is much bigger than our individual self, and there's a lot of moving parts to these equations, and so when we react in a negative way that negative wave that ripple effect is going to go on for a long time and we're all taught at some point that you know try to be nice to people you don't know what they're going through so what if you have a negative reaction to that person they're already on edge they bumped into you they didn't realize it because they're thinking about their mom passed this morning or whatever the case i don't know why they're at the mall because their mom passed but whatever maybe they're yeah, getting get a, maybe they're getting a suit for the get, for the funeral. Can get those
1: JNCos, can get those JNCos, yeah, you gotta get
0: the Jenkos for the goth funeral. But um yeah, so you don't really know like what's what's happening. So you gotta you gotta kinda play into that and just like, oh excuse me, didn't see the you know, just just be that person that is just upset accept, accepting of the fact that other people have other things going on. And it's much bigger than us as an individual.
1: So I think what almost hundred percent of this conversation boils down to is The world is not about us Um, our lives are almost always not directly just about us no matter what situation we're in humility self-awareness accountability um, community camaraderie uh, joy some level of self-discipline and family is critical for all people no matter how that looks you paint that picture and anything that would denote the idea or suggest the idea that um, it's okay to abstain from engaging in relationships that are that are fostering growth towards maturation in any extent, whether it's maturing emotionally or physically or um, intellectually, if that's not at the core of that relationship is building something and trying to benefit the other person in it. Then it's probably a vapid relationship and it's not always bad, but that should not be the pursuit in relationships.
2: Right. Right. So that means yeah.
1: that there should be almost, and I'm saying this a lot because it's like just confirming the things that I've tried to then make part and parcel and how I go about things. You, you shouldn't, your pursuit in situations should not be, what do I get out of this unless it is a already a transactionally based thing, right? Like I'm going to Walmart going, what can I give this store? Um, you know, like I'm going to go like, I got to get my, I got to get my shopping list done and get out of here. Cause this place is the worst. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you talked about going to Walmart and having your emotions sucked out like that, that's just how I feel sometimes. Oh yeah. Like, it, most stores, you can feel like that these days, but man, something about that store is just, I don't know what it is about Walmart it's that it's like, yeah, you get out you're like, Oh my gosh, the
0: outside exists again. I'm so sorry. I had to go in there. Like Dude, it, it feels like. I mean, Walmart is definitely like the um, the biggest uh, offender for this for me, anyways. But anything in public is so draining to me. It's it feels like a fucking war zone, just being around people. And and I I don't know what it is. Like it's just like going going through, and you just see like you know, <laughs> especially on Walmart, just the interactions that people have with their loved ones or their kids or. You know, they're screaming at the kids. They're, like, smacking their kids. Like, you're not getting candy. I'm like, will you fucking relax? Like, and put yourself in their shoes. Be be a three-year-old again, and you see that candy bar, and you want that candy bar. Now, imagine that you want that candy bar, and somebody just smacks the shit out of you and just starts screaming, no, you, we have candy at home. And, like, it's like, no. And then I see things like that, and it's, like, all the time, especially in Walmart. And it's, like, my social battery is just, like, it just sucks, every drip of energy that I have out of me. So I'm like, I do not like this. I don't like the interactions that people have with one another. It's draining, man. You feel the same way? 100%.
1: And so I had two thoughts about that. Um, One, the very serious thought is it's a reflection of how their home life works, which is sad. Um, I remember one time someone telling me, why would you expect your kid to act better in public than they do at home? That's the the dumbest idea. You mean to tell me that you don't you're not constantly trying to um, engage them in a way where they mature to understand social interactions at home to where there's decent correspondence and kids can communicate and have some level of adult conversation, like ask for things and not scream at one another or not throw things in order to get attention. And the form of communication at home is not just screaming or yelling or responding after the 12th time you've been asked. And now you (laughs) expect to take them to a store, put them in front of something that they desire and them to not have the wherewithal and the emotional maturity to not go fruity pebbles. I'm going to grab this and put this in the cart because at home, whenever I want something, I just get it. And then I wear my parents down after five minutes of screaming to where I get it.
0: Right. <laughs> what?
1: How, it's really lazy is what it is, is that you're not willing to put in the work to develop that at home. Um, yeah. The second thing that I'm gonna incriminate myself in this, but I'm not gonna give full information on this. I was in a store one time and I was walking to get a present for someone else's kid. It was like a last minute call home from work. Hey, someone's birthday's coming up. Can you grab us real quick so we have something to bring? Said, yeah. yeah, okay. So it was right after all those people started getting back together. So it was like, oh, we haven't been thinking about buying presents for birthdays because no one's been going to birthdays. We just yeah. send a letter or a card or whatever. <laughs> so I go in. I don't know why I justified it. So I go in and um, I go in and I'm in the toilet looking for, I think I was looking for Hot Wheels or something and this kid is like 10 11 maybe somewhere in that range um and the mom and she's like i told you we could get this one thing we have this amount of money to spend we can't buy this thing the kid's like throwing a fit and i'm thinking you're a little bit too old to act this way like no matter where you like how your home life works like <laughs> yeah. this is like toddler behavior and yeah um the kid was using words and communicating. So it wasn't like there was some sort of emotional um, or cognitive issue for the child. So it's, I wasn't like being insensitive in this. I was understanding the situation. And the kid's right. just like, I can't believe you would do this. I just, ah. and then he just screams like, you bitch and screams it. Like I'm in the store and I'm thinking, whoa, no. And then I just see this mom, like put her hands in her face like this yeah. And I, this woman was literally on the verge of a breakdown. This woman right. was not screaming at her child. Clearly, there's something else going to this. This woman is not like a pushover. This isn't some mom's like, "Well, Billy, I told you couldn't have it." She was <laughs> yeah. she was being firm, but the kid was too big to like. You can't spank them, and yeah. like you can't deck a kid in public because DCFS will arrest you. And You're so right. the kids are kids are throwing a fit. And when he went to walk, like, he went to to walk the other way away from his mom to do whatever he wanted to do, I tripped him. And <laughs> the mom, like, was having a breakdown. I just straight up just, like, I, it was like a knee-jerk reaction to get, like, I looked and I just, like, stuck my leg out and tripped the kid. And he, like, he like, turned to me and was, like, upset, obviously, looked at me and I said, it's going to be you against me, man. <laughs> And then I, I was like, don't talk to your mom like that. And then I walked away and I remember,
0: I remember telling my mom that happened. She's like, you could have been arrested. I was like, okay. It's my word against his mom. She's like, they have security cameras. Like
1: clearly they would have seen that. And everybody would, anybody with a brain would have gone. Clearly he was in the right. I'm surprised you didn't do more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't drop an elbow on this kid If it was me, I would have taken that Matchbox set With the large semi-truck and smashed into his face A couple of times (laughs) You want this toy? You know, smash it
0: Oh, that's great Is that a true story? Oh yeah, 100%
1: Oh, I love it there's more that was said that i did there's more that i was screamed that i didn't want to share but the kid like it was it was like one of those situations where like this is a dr phil kid like this is a kid where parents like we think our 13 year old son's gonna rape and murder everybody in our household we just don't know what to do about it well you throw (laughs) him in prison like i don't know what you do (laughs) you seek professional help stop just acting like putting on spongebob's gonna help the situation
2: yeah he comes yeah, this... down
1: we put spongebob on he loves sandy cheeks i just i have to put that on because that's the only thing that calms him down and i'm a lazy <laughs> parent and i don't want to do the hard thing and have to <laughs> deal oh with this situation yeah no i tripped the kid and said it's gonna be you against me man
0: that's hilarious and i remember did looking he, at it like, did he
1: square up with you at all no because he's like he's not emotionally oh. developed enough to handle that situation i would have decked him too what a chomp! Oh, he's yeah. such
0: a chomp, dude you think he thinks about that now
1: I hope so. I hope he thinks about the time where he ate it because some dude he didn't know he in Target tripped, and I hope that he, I hope that he thinks about that. How long ago was this? See, this, was, this was like year two of marriage. I remember my wife saying, "Like you can't do things like that. That's not okay some to do." Good no, no, five no, years no. This was this was recently. No, I'm sorry. That was like there was another time where I yelled at somebody's kid. Um, <laughs> someone's kid was screaming at his mom, and I was like dude that's your mom like i just right. remember like i couldn't handle it. i looked at her I was like i'm sorry but like look at her apologizing to her like that's your mom and you ever, she, you got ever played me like, yelling at she got mad at her kid she got mad at me for her kid i was like well whatever your
0: kid shouldn't act like that in public keep your kid in line lady that, Also, i'm going to say like listen if you don't put your kid in line i'll put your kid in line right <laughs> you ever played like football growing up and like you didn't have enough people so one person had to be all-time quarterback yeah you're like you're like all-time target dead I feel you're just like, like if any if there's any single here. mom if there's any single moms at target you're like david's here <laughs> like, the, we, we got a dad if david's here
1: i i was a dad before i even had kids and was married like i that was the one thing i wanted to be growing up was like i want to be a really good dad like that's right. like what i want to do in life now you're just imposing
0: but, your will upon target kids
1: <laughs> exactly i had a really great dad and my dad didn't put up with that stuff i remember him like reprimanding kids for acting like turd heads in our neighborhood and someone did something. He just be like, what are you doing? Like right. straight up, like where are your parents? I'd be like, he'd be the dad like, go get him. Like, I don't know what your family does, but just like your son did this. Like, ah, uh-uh, just know yeah. My dad, yeah, your also kids parent. got to tighten up. Oh yeah. We had a friend's kid over and I straight up told him, I was like, I don't know what you do at home, man, but in my house, that doesn't work.
0: Right. Exactly. I was exactly. like,
1: I-, I can't spank you or really punish you. But what I can tell you to do is you can sit in this chair until your parents get home and I'm going to call them right now or you could shape up. yeah. And I told yep. his parents, just like I expect when we pick our kids up from friend's house or if we pick our kids up from the nursery after church on Sunday, I yeah. asked like, hey, were they good? Did they do anything they shouldn't have? And I said, yeah. and I don't want you to tell me they were fine. If they did something they shouldn't because we're responsible for them and I don't want my kids growing up thinking that it's okay just to act like a moron and to mistreat yeah. others, you know?
0: So You can't correct the issue if they act like the issue's not there.
1: Yeah, no, I just tripped this kid. This was like a couple... This was like a year ago. This is like right where things opened back up, like less than a year ago. Right when things like started to get like back to normal, I tripped a kid.
0: <laughs> There's the quote for the show. Yeah. <laughs> just as things started opening up, like I tripped a kid. So, like, just the things... People are dying from COVID and I'm tripping kids in Target. So, fuck it. And the thing is, is I would do it again. Like, I don't have remorse for
1: doing that. Right. Honestly... <laughs> I see. The hard part about it is me is I, uh, I'm the kind of person when something needs to happen, I have a very hard time not doing something about it. Yeah. I think I even said like in our Discord group at one point, it's like, "Hey guys, like we're all adults, like let's behave like adults in this situation." There's absolutely no reason. Oh yeah, I totally recall it. Yeah. And then I asked like, "Hey, is there something I'm not doing? Because if I'm not doing something, or if I am doing something, I would definitely like to know so I can change that so that this does not happen again." right because i'm okay being the one who's made to look like a loser if it means that everybody gets along better because this is stupid
0: right you, you know what would be <laughs> great for me is if the kid that you tripped in target in like 20 years he's like a multi-million dollar entrepreneur like gary vanderchuk or something and, like, that's his story. He was like, I used to be this shithead little kid. And this guy in Target tripped me when I was being a dickhead to my mom. And now here I am. I have drive because this guy tripped me. Like, the <laughs> and you're just sitting at home one night and you see him just, like, you're in a YouTube rabbit hole. And you see this kid. He's, like, his name is, like, the Target kid. And you're like, fuck, I did th- I'm the one that tripped you. And you're, like, reaching out in YouTube comments, but he's just ghosting you. And you you, you feel this hatred all over again.
1: it boils down to where i'm in public as a disgruntled old man who's lost his hair my life has fallen apart because i've become obsessed with this kid my family's (laughs) disowned me i don't have a connection to anybody i love anymore i drive a beat-up like 1954 chevy that i shouldn't be owning at this point in life because people are flying now and so i'm like driving this car on the street like slums and i get a gun from like a back alley at this point we probably have like lasers or we can just kill people with our minds but i bought a gun in a brown bag and i look like robert de niro with worse hair and i'm walking this kid in public i try to snap him off like he's a you know grown man at this point and i just like i i trip trying to get over to him and just i fall on my face and fracture my skull and die and then it's like irony flashes on and it's like sundance film festival 2023 and then someone gets up and it's like that movie's about cancer
0: Oh my god. Oh, that's so good. That's, what, that's I really I really like this picture that we painted. It's great.
1: We <laughs> should we should charge money for it. Have you seen uh, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson? No. It's it's too late at night. My brain's fried for me to improv very well at all. That was really stupid, I'm sure. But the um Tim Robinson has this bit. If you haven't watched, I think you should leave it's on Netflix. It's the it for me it's the funniest sketch comedy show I think that I've seen. Oh, maybe ever, and I don't mean that as hyperbole, it might be the funniest sketch comedy show. Auntie Donna's House of Fun is also really funny too on Netflix. So, you yeah, haven't watched that one too, that's great. That's uh, thinking, it's either I think it's an Australian um, uh, like improv sketch group. So, I think you should leave has this bit where he,
2: he, he
1: they they have to skip this meal, they have to skip lunch for a meeting. She's like, We gotta meet in the thing because someone's gotta get going. like, But it's lunch. She goes, Yeah, he's like, But it's lunch. I don't think you're allowed to do that and so he's stuffing a hot he has a hot dog stuffed in his sleeve and he's sucking (laughs) a hot dog out of his sleeve during the meeting and people are asking about it we only see a hot dog he's like oh i'm just so tired i'm just so tired (laughs) he ends up almost choking on it and gets fired from his job well then like two episodes later there's an infomercial where he's like uh have you ever been choking on a hot dog and you can't get it out of your mouth or something it's like that's why i invented the carver like hot dog vacuum and he's like, I was fired from work for something embarrassing. I was fired from work for something extremely embarrassing, but I can't talk about it without crying. And then he goes through this. It's like, and they waited a while to fire me. So they could tell me it's poor performance. I'm like,
2: you sure, you sure that's why? You sure that's
1: why? And then he it goes like, the karma people, because nobody should have one bad day. He goes in this whole diatribe of this. At the end of the commercial, he goes, I used to have a cool job that I loved.
2: This so, sounds me, like
0: a joey greer skit
1: dude it's 100 percent my favorite type of marketing where it's like people being honest about a product is why they created it and why they're selling it and it's too personal
2: right <laughs> That's
0: you,
1: amazing. you know the uh joey's good night bit the uh the hot beer gilly's hot beer oh yes yeah i listened to his album probably like twice a month yeah and maybe more if on long trips and the like, I mean, it's
0: hot. I don't know how it's best to say it. It is hot. <laughs> served in cast iron containers. Right. <laughs> it just... Yeah. When, when Joey Greer came out with that, that comedy album, I listened to it in the first couple skits. I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? And then I just kept listening to it. Cause I, you know, I was at work and, you know, I couldn't, you know, my hands were full and I couldn't, you know, g- go in and change it. Luckily. And then I just kept listening to it. I was like, Jesus Christ, this dude is on a different level. I was like, his he's created a new layer of comedy. I don't know if he's like the creator of this, but like he definitely did it far and above what I had previously experienced with like sketch comedy albums and stuff like that. I was like, this dude is different. And <laughs> it's great.
1: It's I and I I'm somewhat saddened that there's not more of that out there like to consume oh, because know. you know it seems weird, it's a irreverent comedy, but it's like a very specific kind of lane for that kind of comedy right where it's i that's why i love alchemy this that's why i love any kind of improv comedy but
0: it seems like there should be so much more of it than
2: there
1: is
0: yeah yeah it i would say it feels like a dying art but i don't even know if it's a dying art i don't even know if it's like reached its full potential you know what i mean it hasn't clearly not with yeah like
1: joey and jackie the um oh what's the it's not Pepperidge Farms. That's what comes to mind. And now we're probably going to have to pay royalties for mentioning that on the podcast. Um, no, they're a sponsor. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Pepperidge Farms, do you want expensive bags of cookies? We got you covered. Pepperidge Farms. <laughs> my social security number is. My social security number is. <laughs> um, the worst part is my brain went to start like listing my social security number. Um <laughs>
0: Go ahead. I'll just cut it out, dude. I'll just cut it out. Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I'll
1: just cut it out. Hold on. Let me get it. I need to get a piece of paper. So I can write down what to cut out. <laughs> Duchess. The Duchess Farms. Oh, that's my, yes. that's my favorite one to play with um, anybody in the car. If they don't know what improv comedy really is or don't, they're not able to suspend disbelief. Yeah. Because it's dun 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 dun. It's like, here at Dutch, do you love chicken noodle soup, but hate all that wet? That's <laughs> yeah. like, That's what starts off. <laughs> And the best part is the second time listening to it my brain I went yeah I am I want to be able to eat a like a
0: solid viscous chicken noodle soup but like, I don't want <laughs> the the best business model to have is to create a product that solves a problem that you didn't know that you had 100% and hot beer
1: <laughs> It's hard enough to cool it like it's already hot It's supposed to be served hot
0: Right exactly it's a win-win situation you don't need a cooler you don't just take it with you it with you, <laughs> oh, that's so great. Well, listen, David, it has been a pleasure having you here, man. Thanks you so much, are man. more than welcome to come back in the future anytime. We'll get together and shoot the shit about anything and everything. If we can structure it in a way where we can do like character bits more, like
1: where it's not where my brain's you know fried at night, where we're both fresh, we can do it. <laughs> yeah, which uh, horribly
0: enough for you, both let's use like two in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. Any pluggables? Thanks so much. Got anything to talk uh, about?
1: No, you know what? Um, just anything that we mentioned on the podcast. There are so many wonderful improv podcasts. And if you're not an improv fan, it is one of the greatest joys in life, I think you'll discover in comedy, because you can laugh in different ways and better ways, I think, than you can in almost any other form, because you're experiencing what someone is thinking in real time. And most of the time, the funniest thing, they're not intending
0: for it to be funny. Right. Yeah, most definitely. So, yeah. So, Alchemy this for sure. Alchemy Check this. that one out. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you you listed off a lot of great things. So, we really Thanks, appreciate you being here, man. I appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks, you too.